You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First time in a long time. The back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BBE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman, live from Toronto. Takeover, the tailgate, it happened. Takeover Toronto, it happened. And we're here doing an NXT Takeover Toronto 2 post-show for postwrestling.com. David, we just sat through uh, a lot of wrestling. Before that, we did a sold-out show here in Toronto for our TakeOver tailgate. And right off the top, shout-out to everyone who showed up. Shout-out to everyone who supported us on the interwebs, the Twitter machines, and all of the people from all over the world who were like, hey, I couldn't be there, but I'm there in spirit. And you're damn... You're, you're right, you were, because that was awesome. That was a fun day. It was fun, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm I'm exhausted. It's been a day. Whew. It's been a real day, but I think everything turned out pretty well. It did. Pretty well. I, I'm sure we'll go into more detail about it this week, but yeah, just a massive thank you to everyone that turned up, everyone that supported us. I hope everyone that was there had a great time. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're joined by a few fellas in this room right now who That's were there. Right. I so, think they had a great time. Yes, we are. Uh, we just all sat at NXT TakeOver Toronto. We're sitting with the people we sat with. We're here with friends of the show. Scrump from Chicago. Bang, bang. What is up, you guys? We're with MJ from NJ. Oh, yeah, we, oh, we. And Jesse from the six. Six, 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 six. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, uh, we all sat and watched Takeover Toronto, and well, we like you said, we had a long day. We were at our Takeover thing. Uh, even W H Park, John Pollock, and Wei Ting showed up. Yeah, that's when you know, all, Cowboy Wei Ting. Cowboy yeah. Wei yeah, Ting. Right. Yeah, um, and we had a fantastic time. And uh, again, shout out to, but shout out Davey Portman for pretty much putting this whole thing together. It was an idea we had time and time ago. And I guess we can say, I mean, it's already happened, the reveal that we had. Yeah. Uh, about, uh, like, what, three months ago, when we started planning our TakeOver tailgate, uh, me and you were at home, as we do, uh, just enjoying our evening, 
maybe after a night out, we were sitting on our couch and we were like, how can we make the takeover tailgate cool? And I literally said, you know, it'd be funny if we did a, a, a watch along with almost and Gargano versus Gargano, the match that we love here at, at up, up next. I said, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you message Johnny Gargano? And see what he thinks about that. So, so you did. You sent him a, a fucking novel yeah, on Twitter. His, his DMs were open. His DMs so were open. Like, Fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm As, shooting my shot. And uh, you did. And we got no reply. Three months later, Johnny Gargano replied, and he made a video for our uh, NXT tailgate. So yeah, it was awesome. So it was if you really were there, awesome. you kind of had to be there. Uh, but shout out Johnny Gargano. Shout out Johnny Wrestling because. Uh, He's just a man for doing that. That was so awesome. So, uh, again, you kind of had to be there. But it was great. It was so awesome. Um, so we just watched a lot of wrestling, as did the world, here in SummerSlam weekend. Uh, me and Scrump checked out Progress on Thursday night in Toronto. And we got to see, like, Walter was in action, Tony Storm, all a bunch of uh, the Progress regulars. And then me and uh, Scrump went out for nachos at Sneaky D's right after. A local spot. If you're in Toronto, go visit and get their nachos. King's Crown, Beans on the side. And... NXT UK just walked in. They just walked into the bar. Yep, they just Walter walked. Walter in normal clothes. <laughs> well, it was weird. I wasn't there, but I'm assuming he wears the same jeans as Angelo Dawkins. <laughs> no, I think, I think he, he, was, he was wearing those oh. like, ring comp sweatpants. Like as as right. much as people say I'm on brand with wearing sweatpants. pro wrestling tee everything. He was that guy is on brand with his ring comp gear. Ring comp, yes. Mm. Uh, so uh, clearly the NXT UK guys know where to eat. When they visit the six, uh, Sneaky D's, the nachos, obviously. Um, and then uh, we went to Ring of Honor. Summer card? Summer card of honor. Summer summer something. Super card of honor. Super summer slam of honor. It was Super. Ring of Honor, Hot Girl Summer. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, we got to see the Briscoes versus the Gorillas of Destiny in a ladder war. There was not a lot of people. At, there's a lot of wrestling shows going on in the city. Uh, there was maybe like 500 people, which is, you know, that's still a lot, a lot of people. But... For Ring of Honor, you kind of expect more for a big weekend. Um, they killed themselves for 500 people. Yeah, in that they crowd. they did not let that stop them from putting on a show. There's, yeah, there's, there's blood. Yeah, everywhere. there's one of those like sayings where like you don't punish the people who are there for the people who aren't. Yes, and these guys fucking killed it. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, everyone from top to bottom. There's some crazy yeah. stuff. I actually uh, I really enjoyed this random six man lucha match that happened with uh, like Sin Cara Mystica or whatever you call himself now. Yeah, I uh, shamelessly just really loved that was just fun. Lucha wrestling is great. Um, and there's just there was a lot of indie shows going on in the city for Toronto for SummerSlam weekend, and uh, we went to one tonight. And it was called NXT Takeover Toronto Two. Now we all just watched it and. I'm wondering if people at home listening right now have the same thoughts that we all have from watching it live. So I'm going to straight up go, was this the worst takeover you've ever seen in your entire life? Tough Um, question, tough question. Well, so I was a little disappointed because I was hoping that the Undisputed Era would just clean the up prophecy. clean up the, the way prophecy. Like, the prophecy would of be course. fulfilled and they would clean up the way one braiding Harrington would during <laughs> SummerSlam weekend. But it it was still it was still a good card. It just the way I described it to Davey, it felt like uh like an extreme rules or like a stomping ground. Right, it was okay. A good show, but more like a like a second tier, like a P sure. level pay per view. I was uh like, this is just my conspiracy theorist hat on. 
I think uh, WWE are finally being fucked from ticket sales. Um, hmm. So a couple of years ago, I tried for tickets for uh, Survivor Series when it was in the city. Right. I was in line at the formerly ACC um, mm-hmm. to get tickets. I was in the physical line for when they first went on sale. Uh, I was second in line. The only tickets they could offer the first people were singles in the 300s upstairs. Oh, wow. That's terrible. I looked on StubHub straight away. Thousands of tickets. Right, there. yeah. Um, so I kind of feel I might be wrong here. As I said, this is my conspiracy theorist hat on. I feel WWE, a lot of these companies sell a lot of their tickets to the secondary market Mm -hmm. to make extra profit. It's true. And I think this was the first time where they really got fucked by that because there were tickets on StubHub for five bucks. Literally $7 American. Is that actually disgusting for NXT? Because this is an awesome show. And I think out of all the WWE products deserves to actually have a, a pricier ticket than that. Right. But this was not um, sold out. I mean, Jesse, means. Jesse, you were trying to sell tickets. You try, you kind of got fucked over by buying tickets originally through Ticketmaster. Yeah. I bought two tickets and then Davey told me like the day later he found like five together. So I'm like, Oh no problem. I'll just buy a ticket from Davey and I'll sell the two I bought. But that proved very difficult. I ended up giving, just giving away the tickets to two of my friends who aren't wrestling fans, but they enjoyed the show. Sure. So, I got that much out of it, but you're right. I was amazed at just the lack of interest in the show. Yeah, I would say, yeah, this Uh, this this was definitely uh, not full. This like Scotiabank. I've been going to wrestling at the ACC here in Toronto for a long time. This was definitely nowhere near a sold out show. This was empty. Toronto's a wrestling town, or was it a wrestling town? And and I I think it's people just people try. Oh, NXT SummerSlam's coming to town. They try and. Jesse and I tried for SummerSlam tickets on day of release. We tried for about five minutes and went, this is ridiculous. Mm. It's like, we'll have a look on the day. And I think it makes people apathetic now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll, whatever, I'll watch it. I don't have to be there. Whereas, and it's a shame because I I felt it really suffered tonight. And this is the first time I've seen an NXT crowd like that. Toronto, it's, Canada doesn't get a whole load of wrestling. No. Toronto gets a Raw and SmackDown every year. Vancouver or Montreal might get something. Doesn't get a bunch. Yeah. This... And the last pay-per-view was Survivor Series a couple of years ago. And I feel after the reaction tonight, I don't think they'd be in a rush to come back because I don't think the crowd was hot enough. You no. definitely have to factor into, like, their competition having such lower, like, prices for their shows. Like, uh, MJ and myself were talking about how AEW prices their shows lower mm-hmm. and it's like why why would i pay six seven hundred dollars to sit front row at an end at a wwe show you know when i can pay two hundred dollars and sit the the very front first sure, row, yeah front row at an aw show you know if you're lucky enough to get one of those tickets and it's just like i i came for takeover Definitely. I don't want to spend an exorbitant amount of money For to SummerSlam. go to SummerSlam and then have it not be an enjoyable show. Like, despite what I said about um, this takeover feeling like a B-level show, it was still a great show. We still had a great time, and I would rather this takeover than any day over a SummerSlam. Hmm. It makes me wonder if the competition. It makes me wonder if the competition is like now traveling to these events, right? I think a few years ago the WWE started this where they do all four events in the same city. Yeah. They want it to be a destination for their fans 
Now we're seeing things like Double or Nothing, All In's going to be coming up soon. I think the competition has made it so that fans maybe are willing to travel. Like, I came up from New York. Right. I'm looking to see one show. I chose TakeOver. Mm-hmm. And I have chosen to go to SummerSlam, which it sounds like the SummerSlam ticket's a little hotter. That hurts the TakeOver crowd. Hmm. Probably hurts all the secondary shows. I think, like, the ROH show might not have been so well attended either, um, based on what I think Destination has become. Right, no, because... Yeah, like, uh, we, we went to WrestleMania this year. I traveled from Canada to New York, and, like, there was just people everywhere. And, of course, it was my first WrestleMania, so I saw, like, just crazy amounts of people literally everywhere. And this whole time this week... In Toronto, I see wrestlers. I, I see wrestling fans everywhere throughout the city. They didn't show up tonight, I don't think. Like, who showed up tonight? Not the most amount of people that I've seen, especially for a takeover. Now, again, we were all at the show in the arena, and we're saying this. We have not watched this back with audio from TV. And, I, I mean, I've been on Twitter a little bit, but some of the reactions are people were like, Hey, what's wrong with Toronto? They're really quiet tonight. Yeah. We I were from where we sat as well. We just saw all those empty seats on the yeah. hard cam side, which is it's just disappointing. Mm. I'm used to takeover being the thing that f- fucking Nailed injects it, yeah. you with energy for the weekend because it's such a rabid crowd. But I will say, I still thought it still was NXT. It still was that product. Like people were still here to support, so it's not like they were here to just be negative and stuff. I just I definitely noticed. Like the last t- time I was at a takeover was in New York this past WrestleMania whatever and before that i was at the takeover toronto so again that's years ago but even then felt crazy hotter than this this event tonight i will say also the booking of this show and we'll get into that you guys will get into that yeah confusing definitely definitely when you have that first match in undisputed era it doesn't win (laughs) it kind of set the tone for like well what's going to happen you two women's matches opposed to one so the Mm -hmm. The first one was hot. I gotta say hard. though, sorry, I gotta say as well, we're normally the positive guys. Yeah, in yeah, wrestling. definitely. We're, we're we've got the great show that we talk about every week, but we've been down on it since Takeover Twenty Five. It's been fine. It's been it's been not been bad. See, it just thing, you know, hasn't it's... been what we expected, and this Takeover maybe reflected the last couple of months mm-hmm. of TV. It's, it's like you said, it's just been fine. It's and that's the problem. Where is it? Triple H is, you know, having too much to do on the main roster. Is it just like it? It feels different. It definitely does feel different, and it's still the better product. I'll watch the one hour of NXT over the thirty-seven hours of everything else they put out weekly, um, and it's it's showing. Like like MJ mentioned with the build, and especially it just I felt I felt like everyone was a little deflated when hmm. you're spending the four or five weeks leading up to it talking about this prophecy you put roddy in a tight in a title match you put undisputed in a title match they got you that's called that's a hook yeah and (laughs) they got you you know it's like okay (laughs) if you wanted to not have them all win the belts like why why spend a month talking about a year's prophecy and the year isn't up i mean we'll get into also uh belts hold your pants up and titles are one (laughs) i apologize vince uh so let's talk about nxt Takeover Toronto 2. But they didn't really call that. They just said Takeover Toronto. Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, Takeover Toronto from 2019. Now, uh, we were too busy having our Takeover tailgate. We missed the pre-show completely. Well, we don't read ahead, so we're staying to gimmick. I never read ahead. So, if you want to hear us talk about the NXT breakout tournament match that happened tonight, you 
can tune in this week on Thursday to our Up Next because we will be doing what we like to call, after every single NXT takeover, we call the Up Next Hangover. I legitimately don't know anything that happened on the pre-show. I don't even know what happened tonight. Um, <laughs> so we will be talking about all of that uh, this Thursday on the show. We'll be talking about all the uh, the post stuff. We'll be talking about uh, a lot of stuff that's going on with NXT, you know, maybe turning two hours. FS1, that could be a TV show, no longer a WWE network show. Uh, so we're going to be doing all like the little maybe political kind of post-takeover Again, the Hangover edition this Thursday, postwrestling.com. So today, we're talking about NXT TakeOver Toronto. Now, we all predicted that uh, at some form, in some capacity, certain wrestlers, perhaps, would come out in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena with something to maybe tie in with the Raptors. And, well, right at the beginning of the show, the Street Profits come out Dressed in Raptors gear. Yeah, in the old school, the red and purple. The purple. The old school red With and the, purple. Like the, rip, the, the logo of like the rip thing. Yeah. It looked really cool. Uh, uh, Montez Ford and his dad, <laughs> Angelo Dawkins, um, they're coming out. Now, now, these two, they're on the main roster, but are they on the main roster? They're just two guys that really just cut promos of old people's promos on the main roster and have not wrestled. However, that leads to people thinking that they will drop the NXT titles. Well, here tonight, they're fighting Undisputed Era because the prophecy of the dripping in gold might come true. But did it? We will see. Now, again, we're here at this live. So taking notes, I've learned uh, John Pollock. He comes to wrestling uh, uh, events with a notepad and a pen. And you, David, were like, we need notepads and pens because there's no way you're going to be on your phone trying to type, trying to type all this stuff. So you had a notepad. Mm. I had a notepad. Mm. By the first hour of the show, my notepad has gone missing. And uh, you have most of the notes. So we'll kind of go weaving in and out sure. of what we yeah. remember from a live I feel show. a bit like uh, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano wrestling over though that barbed wire at the end of the match, We're as like, I do with my on? notes. I don't know. Some of this is... What inelegant. are we doing here? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits here. Now, the story here is uh, the, the, the Street Profits, they're the, the champions... But the, the, the Undisputed Era are like, are you, though? Are you really the champions? Because we're going to find out tonight. And that's pretty much the story. So the, the, the Street Profits are, like, working on the Undisputed Era, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, which Canada loves Kyle O'Reilly, Canada's favorite son. One of Canada's favorite sons. Uh, so what do you got here on uh, your live notes? Here? So the match starts with Kyle O'Reilly and Angelo Dawkins. Uh, Bobby tags and Montez tags and hits a huge drop kick. Uh, Angelo does a spot where he's on the second rope, whips the pot and hits a double axe handle. We then have Montez versus Kylo Riley. Uh, they kind of do a load of, uh, flipping and dodging, then kicking each other. Uh, little standoff moment, which was pretty cool. Um, the Street Profits do their leapfrog where Angelo leapfrogs over Montez. Yeah, like the world's greatest tag team kind exactly, of spot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They love doing that Charlie Haas Shelton stuff. Uh, we have dad versus dad in the ring. So uh, Montez's dad and Kyle's dad are in the ring. Uh, Fish has Dawkins in the corner as Kyle. Uh, sort of, yeah, so Fish is kind of pinning uh, Dawkins in the corner as Kyle tags in and starts beating on him. There's a Simone drop from Fish to Dawkins, palm strikes from Kyle to Dawkins. Best palm strikes in the game. Oh, I love his com- yeah. palm when strikes. When he gets on top of people and he's just like, pow, kapow, with the palm strikes to the face. I love it. 
Montez gets tagged in. He does a nip up. Uh, this guy is just super springy. He's he's yeah, jumping he's all hops. over the place. He's got some real hops. springs in his feet. Well, he's in Raptors gear, and he's literally jumping like he's trying to dunk into something. Like He's just jumping up and down. Uh, that guy, like... When he does his dive to the outside, like the mm. tope, we've seen him do it before, but like, how does he, there's no, how, is there springs in the he rings? He gets so Because like, when you watch wrestling, I've watched wrestling for a long time, and people know how to jump and get height, and usually, the, you know, they use the ropes to springboard, but this guy is literally like, jumping from the ring to the outside, and he just gets so much air, I don't understand. Is there something in those shoes? Was it part of the SummerSlam uh, exclusive? The chucks that you could get? The Bret Hart chucks, maybe? Because, <laughs> like, wh- how do you jump that high? I do not understand. He's very, very springy, is what you said? That's Yeah, what said. he's yeah. super springy. Springy is what I'll say. Uh, very, very talented, that Montez Ford, the, the son of Angelo Dawkins. Um, so there was just, like, uh, back and forth between the two. Yeah, go for it. There was a lot of uh, Angelo Dawkins throwing... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish around. I thought he looked quite big. What Angelo Dawkins? Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, we're not yeah. used to seeing him like kind of like the, the 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 beast essentially. Like he's not he's yeah, he's like not the biggest guy, but he's bigger than these these guys. I yeah, would say. Yeah, compared to guys we've seen him stand next to now on Raw on Monday nights, he's mm-hmm. not the biggest guy. But they no. used him really well in this match. And uh, compared to Springy, <laughs> Montez Ford, yeah, he was uh, definitely the beast of that team. Came off well. Yeah. They they actually did a really good job at showcasing his amateur wrestling skills because he's that's his background. He was an amateur wrestler. Sure, yeah. I know at a certain point they they had some sort of like shooter gimmick with he Chad Gable and okay essentially yeah, just yeah. any other like amateur wrestler yeah. there, and it was like really impressive, like because that's what he was starting with. And they also did a really good job of just making him seem like the big man. I mean he. He was a little taller than everybody in the ring, right? But he did a lot of like big man power spots, and and it looked good. Like this was the most impressive, like Dawkins. Uh, yeah, Dawkins. Yeah. I've ever seen them. Definitely. Like everyone was looking forward to this match because they, it, this was the match they kind of proved. Now I actually really like this match. Um, I, I I was just joking that the Street Profits show up on Monday Night Raw and all they do is quote guys from the Attitude Era. Well, in this match, Montez Ford hits the Spinebuster like Rocky Johnson. Uh, he hits the Spinebuster like The Rock, does the people's elbow in this match. Like, he's doing, like, everything. But he also, they, they do this classic move, the Street Profits, where they hit, like, a like a super blockbuster thing. And it was, like, a Spinebuster blockbuster off-the-top combo for, I believe that was only, like, a two-count there, which is really great. But uh, if I do recall, because my notes are terrible, that the finish was, uh, like... Just a huge uh, frog splash from Montez Ford onto one of them. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, cool end. The crowd definitely died at some point in yeah, this match, which this is the first match of the show. And this was where I kind of thought, wow, this crowd is not... It doesn't feel like your usual takeover cl- crowd. Mm-hmm. They woke up from uh, the superplex that was hit to Ford. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly locks in his knee bar. Uh, Montez Ford is struggling. You think he's going to tap. It looks like he's in agony. Um, not only is he in the knee bar, but Bobby Fish climbs the top, hits a head, but you think, oh, he's, yeah, he's done. done. Yeah. He's done. Uh, but uh, Angelo manages to break the pin. Uh, there's a spear. Uh, oh, yeah. Followed Dawkins by was spearing everyone. Oh, no, Dawkins was like, Goldberg's low. on the card this Sunday? No, 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 no. I got to show people how to do some spears. So. Kylo Riley tries the lunatic lariat, but doesn't <laughs> connect and right. eats a beautiful fisherman suplex. 
uh, they do the Street Profits hit their kind of doomsday device blockbuster yeah, where they yeah. get one on the shoulders. Yeah. Uh, there's actually dueling chants. Like I would say at the start of the match, the crowd were definitely into Undisputed Era. Also, they also handed out uh, the red cups. Yeah. Like throughout the entire Scotiabank, people were just holding up these red cups and not because every single one was at our takeover tailgate because we also handed out red cups for the Num Num Juice. But uh, it was just really cool to see that in the crowd as well. And the finish of the match is a spear from Angelo Dawkins to Bobby Fish, and then just one of the most beautiful frog splashes in the business from uh, from Montez Ford. I'm yeah. pretty sure he touched the cage hanging above the <laughs> ring. Wait, what cage? Uh, Springy Ford. Splashes onto Kyle. One, two, three. The crowd were a bit quiet after this. I think they were shocked. I don't think they saw this coming. Mm-hmm. I think there was some confusion because I was under the assumption that uh, Kyle tagged Bobby. Okay. And that they were going to do some sort of finish. False or finish. False finish. Because right. I, I turned to MJ and said, no, 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 keep an eye on Bobby. They're going to do something. And then it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. That's and, for NXT TV. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, it de- I definitely heard like a tag. It might have just been one of them getting hit. Right. I was on the assumption that's what they're going to do. You know, they're going to let it. Because they made, like you mentioned, they passed out those cups. These guys look like rock stars. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Everyone's holding up the Every, the num num juice. Everyone's holding, yeah, the yeah. Num-num it looked cool. I like. Jumped the... in the crowd with everybody. Yeah, and they, they looked great. And they retained. So yeah. I mean, this 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 is weird because here in NXT we've been doing this show for quite a while. Our tag team division just gets stolen like all the time. They're like, oh, you guys are great. You'd be a shame if we were to take you and put you on the main roster and change your name for no reason. I said a few weeks ago, I think them being on the main roster isn't because they want them to be on Raw. It's because of this FS1 deal. Okay. You want, when you've got that show launching on FS1, you want Mm -hmm. people, you want characters that people already know. Mm -hmm. So have your champions on Raw and SmackDown for the time being. Don't wrestle, but get over. And they have been getting over on Raw. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, So to me, it actually makes a lot of sense. Have them get popular on the main roster then be the champs on FS1. I will say that uh, them winning the title, uh, retaining, was a, a big shocker to me. I legit thought that the Undisputed Era, not so much maybe the prophecy happening, you know, hashtag the prophecy, but uh, just, just thought the Undisputed Era would, would take the titles. And, and Street Profits winning clean kind of changes the narrative here in the in the, in the world yeah. of NXT because now it's like, okay, wait, no, no, we need to treat these guys that they are the proper tag team champions. They're not just the fluke win in that ladder match. They have won now and we got to continue with them. So, you know what? I kind of agree that having them on Raw kind of makes them maybe a bit more bigger a than they seem. Bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. MJ. We've heard John and Wade talk about their charisma on Raw. Yeah. This is a match that I'm curious to watch back on TV because while the crowd, we're talking about how it didn't pop as much as we may have thought. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how the charisma came across because the four guys in the ring, you read solo cups in the crowds. Yeah. They felt like they had a lot coming across. Mm-hmm. The cameras may have picked that up better than we saw it in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I give them props for that. I, I thought I thought the match was great, but I think what's gonna I don't think it's ever gonna be in the conversation of the great tag team matches that you think mm-hmm. of. And I do put that down to the crowd. I feel like I'm gonna be a broken record today, but yeah. there was yeah. nothing wrong with this match. That, that is all. fair though. You know, you always have to factor in the crowd. I mention all the time. I was there live for uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Me too. And the, the crowd was, it was electric. Just electric. The electric. only other time I've I've like experienced that firsthand was CM Punk versus John Cena. And it's not it's not these guys' fault that the crowd just wasn't that electric. But it and you're right. It was a good match. It was a, the best I've ever seen. You know, Street Profits look aside from the the last match at the last takeover. But it definitely did affect like 
what we're going to think of. Like, a week mm-hmm. from now, no, we're not going to talk about the sure. tag match the way we would the, you know, the series between The Revival and DIY mm, right, and Authors right. of Pain. As a casual NXT viewer, it's interesting if it's the build. These guys are on Raw. I mentioned before this show felt confusing to somebody. I keep up with NXT Weekly. I listen to the show, the reviews. But with all the things going on behind the scenes, yes, it was expected that they were probably going to lose because they're on Raw. You expect to see them on the main mm-hmm. roster. Yeah. And it's curious if the build had any impact on that. i got to say, though, for me, I really liked the end because everyone going in has been saying the prophecy the prophecy will come true or at least the prophecy will come true until the main event mm. and maybe might go off the off the tracks a bit there for me i quite liked oh this is well this kind of threw a monkey wrench tonight. in your whole night so then you're not sure the triple threat we were going don could win like all of these guys could win this mm. um so i actually quite liked the result for just get that out of the way straight away. The prophecy isn't happening tonight. Tonight. Because it still can. 2019. Still has a few months left. Uh, so the Shree Prophets retain. And we will see them on FS1 if that is a show that's happening. Uh, so the next match, though. It is uh, a match I've been looking forward to. the entire. I think this is the, the match that maybe made me buy my ticket. Even though it was the last match announced. Which you was, had your ticket for a couple of months. I already had my ticket for a couple of months. And I was, I was thinking of selling it. I was like, do I want to go? Do I care? But then they announced this match. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae in a good old-fashioned grudge match in the world of pro wrestling. That's not brought up enough. Grudge match. There's no gimmick to the match. It's just simply a grudge match. There's two people that have a grudge and they need to solve things. And here tonight, these two women did just that. Now, uh, we've talked about Candice LeRae, how she's just been like Mrs. Johnny Wrestling. And the past little while, she's kind of broken out into her, her own character finally. And and rightfully so. And I would say uh, Io Shirai, my favorite wrestler and the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Simply from just uh, even before this match, she was already the greatest. Uh, seeing her new heel persona live in person with the new heel uh, the black lights, the Titan Tron with the Japanese Titan Tron and the, the weird trap music and the everything dark and evil and sinister. I fucking love it. I, uh, I don't know what it is that this character just brings me in. I just need it more in my life. Mm-hmm. Io Shirai gets me high. In fact, I- Io Shirai is the best. Uh, I really like this match coming up here. Uh, Candice LeRae, I've seen now on the indies a bunch. I've not watched a lot of Io Shirai in, in, in her prior to WWE, but her changing just instantly changed the game for me, and this match was really great. In fact, I think this match may have hurt the 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 the, the other women's match later. Now, we, again, we were all here live in the crowd, and people were, I thought, were really hot for this match. This, I think until that final match this was the hottest the crowd was. yeah because we um, got into it i saw my friends steph and kelly kelly the mario kart champion oh shout yeah, out we to don't kelly. need to talk about our mario kart. um but steph is very very casual she she's been watching wrestling for years sure doesn't follow nxt at all but came to see the show and she went that first women's match the best match of the night mm-hmm. by far mm-hmm. and i think there's a really strong argument for that the the story is simple mm-hmm. and great mm-hmm. uh the video package hyping it up was awesome the with the music video with poppy poppy uh i was disappointed poppy didn't play, you thought poppy was play out. Out, yeah. um but yeah let's go into the match yeah go for it 
Uh, do you, what do you got for notes so, for this So, well, one? Candace charges Io Shirai to the outside right away, straight she's away because she's mad. Yeah. Um, Io attempts a sunset flip bomb to the outside uh, and Io suplexes uh, Candice LeRae onto the announce table, but it does not. Oh, yes. That's when the crowd definitely got into this. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa these these girls are fighting now on the on the. The announce table. We, we don't do that till like the the later the hardcore matches. But this wasn't a gimmick match. This was just, they were just there's anger, there's grudge, there's the grudge. Uh, Candice then eats a baseball drop kick, and Io flips to her feet from a head scissor attempt. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. Io's showing off her still able to show off her high flying ability, mm-hmm. but within this uh, heelish persona. Right. You can't be the genius of the sky and do like the craziest dot. Like heels shouldn't be doing the flashy moves because that's what people want to see. So Yoshirai still with that, like skill there, she's still doing it. There's a spot in this match where she goes for her tiger faint kick, the six one nine. Yeah. But Candace blocks it and it goes into a, they go into a, a, a scuffle with different moves. And then like literally a few seconds later, she then hits the, the same move, but to the back of the head. Mm. Now, see, if you're a face wrestler, you're going to hit the 619 like a normal person would. But if you're a bad, bad person, you're going to kick someone in the back of the head because it hurts more. Because they can get concussed. It could hurt. Io's working on Candice's neck through the match. She's got her new kind of finisher, which is sort of like the uh, the fairy tale ending. The butterfly suplex into an but into the neck breaker, similar right. to Jericho's old one, but she gets a lot of height with the yeah. the butterfly before. We saw her do it on NXT TV, exactly, yeah. but she didn't quite get it. Uh, she misses a drop kick. Uh, Io misses a drop kick, and Candice gets Io to the corner now and starts lighting her up with palm strikes and slaps. Uh, there's a suplex for a two count on Io. Um, and then there's a leg scissors into an octopus on EO, followed by the 619 mm-hmm. you mentioned that got caught into a devastating looking neck breaker from Candice LeRae. Yeah, there was one off the, the like even the top rope, I think, that was kind of like the, the hurricane used to do, but it's like off the top rope, you like swing, and I don't know how that doesn't hurt yourself as well, but it just, that definitely woke the crowd even more up because like, whoa, that looked crazy. Uh, a top rope neck breaker. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Candice is sat on the top rope and gets drop kicked to the outside. As she's climbing back in, that's when she takes that 619 to the back of the head. Ouch. Gets dropped on the apron. There's then an incredible looking suicide, not a suicide dive, but mm. a suicide DDT from Candice LeRae to the outside. A suicide, what would you, suicide dive DDT, suicide DDDDT. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just spiking EO on the outside. Uh, EO then hits a nasty looking stomp to the back of Candice's neck. Uh, yeah, this is, they are not holding back at all in this match. I was it's, really happy that this match was added to this card. And during the match, I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. This, this shouldn't be on NXT TV. This should be a takeover match. And it felt like one. Definitely. As Candice is in the rope, uh, EO hits a kind of V trigger, a great knee right to the face, followed by a snap German suplex with a beautiful looking bridge. Uh, but still only a two count. Um, we have a Meteora from Io Shirai in the corner. A moonsault attempt that gets missed. Uh, ran into the turnbuckle. There's a German suplex attempt. Uh, Io, sorry, the yeah, a German suplex attempt off the top rope. Right. It's kind of the Osprey, uh, Osprey Ibushi spot where they, they go feet. for the suplex. Io Shirai lands on her feet and Candice LeRae turns around. 
we then get a poison rana. She's been watching Naito in the G1. Mm-hmm. Candice hits a poison rana, a reverse spike rana to Io Shirai. Crazy. This is where that top rope neck breaker happens. Ah, gotcha. This should have been the finish, but it wasn't. It was a two count. Uh, the crowd this is yeah the crowd are the hottest they've been all night this is awesome chance erupting um we've got a top rope spanish fly for a two count let's tell yeah there is a yeah as i'm reading these notes i'm like oh yeah they did that as well well." there was was a guy sitting next to us who who, when the spanish fly happened he was like that's it i saw a spanish fly he was done he was like ready to leave bye guys he's like i just saw a spanish fly he's like did you see that that was a spanish fly these these girls just did a spanish fly i'm like yeah yeah they did and it was a two count two count even the finish uh mama mia chance from the crowd palm strikes back and forth and then EO hits her butterfly neck breaker, followed by the moonsault. And Candice kicked out. Candice kicks, kicks out. out. So EO Shirai has maybe the most beautiful. I mean, EO Shirai is the most beautiful, but she also has the most beautiful moonsault. But Candice LeRae kicks her out. Her moonsault's different. Whereas we were talking about Montez Ford's uh, frog splash, where we get so much height. You see these beautiful. Charlotte's got a really nice high moonsault. Yeah. Eos has speed. Sure. She rotates and just crushes you fast. Um, and we, I don't think anyone's kicked out from no, her moonsault. I might be wrong. Until Candice LeRae. And this, like, the crowd exploded. NXT chants. This is awesome. Um, and then Io Shirai traps Candice LeRae in a, a leg scissors wrapping around the neck. Mm-hmm. She chokes out Candice. Candice passes out. This was a fucking great match. Yeah, this was one of the best women's matches I have seen in quite a long time. In fact, I dared you to tell me a women's match that was better than this in, I don't know, this year. Honestly, uh, I thought this was really fantastic. I'm not saying that because I love Io Shirai that much, but I do love Io Shirai that much. I just thought this had a little bit of everything. You kind of had, like like I said, I like a good old-fashioned grudge match. I needed You needed a little bit of a storyline to sell me a fight. They did that because I watch NXT TV every week, and they have built this story up perfectly. For me, as a viewer, you see these two people. They have an argument. They need to settle this. We'll put them in a match. And then they do that, but then they also like deliver. And, and not only Io Shirai turning to the, the, the Black Lotus character that she kind of has going on here, but it's also Candice LeRae. Now, Candice LeRae lost this match, but did she? Because really, this kind of helps her. This makes her not the TV star that I see, but now Candice Takeover. This makes me think, hey, wait a second, why should... Why shouldn't we have more than one women's match? Just because it's not for a women's championship doesn't mean that the women don't deserve a match on TakeOver. In fact, I think this might set the precedent for future TakeOvers where, you know what? Sure, five matches on the card. Three of them can be the guys. Two of them can be the girls. We don't need to have all the guys all the time because these ladies may have had my favorite match of the night, to be I would honest. say I completely agree with you. I think this story has warranted more than just one match. Yep. Um, and Candice Lee losing as clean as she did mm-hmm. uh, kind of makes me think maybe they aren't going that that way. I was. I think we all were pretty sure in our preview show that EO would yeah. win by dodgy means. And I, I think there should have been sh- some shenanigans I in this. Because no, I, I do like want to see them have a bit of a series. Uh. And I think it's a good way to... Extend it, but come on, I can't oh, really fault the match. It, it looks, fantastic. it makes EO look like such a badass. So it makes Candice look strong too. EO hits the move. We've seen her hit the moonsault. It's beautiful. It's a, such a great moonsault. 
Candace kicked out. So Eo's like, all right, well, I guess I got to do what I got to do. And puts her in this, like, Venus flytrap type thing and makes her makes her tap out or makes her pass out. And it's like, okay, then it's still, like, the evol- the character is still evolving there. So I, I think it was just such a fantastic little spot here. I, I will say I really like this match. This, this was match of the night for me. And touching on what you said, character evolution. January 2018, WWE signed Candice LeRae. Sure. And I haven't seen her. No. I saw Candice uh, Gargano for months. And every every now and then, every now and then, there was little glimpses of Candice LeRae. The Candice LeRae who took that super kick. uh, Right. You know, with thumbtacks. She's been a side character. The the Candice LeRae who was tearing it up everywhere. But it was just brief little glimpses of her. Tonight, I saw Candice LeRae. Right, yeah. And it was great. It was great seeing her... Like go out there and wrestle because she's she's one of the more talented women they've had on that roster. Definitely, and there's been an influx of other women that kind of been pushed ahead of her, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I and I agree with you, Davey. It should have been somewhat like of a, a shit finish, so you can go back to that match. Um, but match of the night for me. I yeah. was I was happy that ev- that the people who aren't you and I and Davey, all the guys here who know Candice LeRae and who knows what she can do. Now know who she is. If you now didn't know, know, now you know. Now you know. Jesse. Uh, I think it should be noted, uh, EO has new gear. Yes, I, I noticed. Yeah. She's been shopping with Seth Rollins, I think. Yeah, well, I liked it. It's like this sort of like... <laughs> whoa, 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 EO's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like this like sort of uh, like a, a, a racing uniform kind of thing. Uh, You're right, yeah. Right, Kill yeah. Bill, almost. Yeah, exactly, I would say yeah. Kill Bill, yeah. Yeah, it looks to me like she's like, yeah, black with like this neon green line. She's lining. in the... Fo- fo- was it Fox 5? What's the... Kill Fox Five Force, yeah. F- Five Fox Force, yeah. That, yeah. That's it looked true. more to me like a, a futuristic uh, gang leader or something. F Zero Akira, sure. like the, yeah. You know all that cool, yeah. Leather, also, black leather. I don't, I don't know what it means for the feud going forward, but she didn't. You talk about shenanigans. She didn't cheat. Io didn't cheat, but she did leave the hold on after longer. The, this is the, true. Yeah, she the hold on, and then at the end of the the match, I don't know if it had already gone to um, a commercial on the broadcast, but I could see her in the ring. She was like. Uh, motioning to Candice to shoo away, and she's saying, "Go away, go away, get out of here." So she's working on developing that heel character. Even yeah, she didn't cheat. She's definitely all in with it. No, she's bad. Yeah, she's bad. MJ, what do you got to say about this? We'll get to the to the finish of the show, right? But if Johnny Takeover Johnny Wrestling is no longer Johnny NXT, Candice LeRae picks up the mantle, and as far as character development. What if she breaks and now she has to get dark? Oh, yeah. the black lipstick. And, and she's not tied to the baby face Johnny anymore. She's her own person. No, was, no. I got to see. The goal was to make her her own person tonight. Let everybody know who she is, that she can work, she can go. She's just as good as anybody sure. they brought in. Mission accomplished. Right. I think they. Match of the night for me. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed this match. I, th- I need to. De- again, we were all there. I need to go watch this one particularly back. Definitely. Right, so after this match, I went to get some, I guess, breakfast, because I hadn't eaten all day. Nice, so what'd you get? I got some chicken tenders. I got I chicken think. tenders, too. They weren't I, that they I were got terrible. chicken tenders as well. Yeah, not, Soft. not the best. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Scotiabank Arena, chicken tenders. Do Honestly, not recommend. Yeah, uh, like, uh, yeah, not great. But yeah, does someone want to run through this Riddle Dane segment? Oh, yeah, so, uh, so that was, you were getting chicken tenders, and uh, Matt Riddle... 
he comes through the crowd. He does his uh, bro walk, as we do in the BDE here. And uh, he grabs a microphone, and he says, hey, uh, it's TakeOver, and I'm here for a fight. Uh, so Killian- he calls out Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> as we all wish he called out Goldberg. He calls out, and I quote, get your hairy ass out here, Killian Dane. And I was a little offended. <laughs> As a hairy, as a hairy man, is that why you got up and started walking towards the ring? I was very confused. Jesse and I were very confused as to where you were going. If, if I was wearing a tool shirt, people would have thought I was Killian Dane, but I am in fact not. Uh, Killian Dane then all of a sudden was also in the crowd, but the opposite. And how weird is that? That it's like he knew that Matt Riddle was going to call him out from the opposite end of the arena, and Killian Dane was just hanging out in the crowd the other way, and was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then they just started fighting, and. I will say, uh, the, the, the story of the night is the crowd just don't care about much because they started fighting and the crowd's like, okay, cool. Well, we don't know who you do, are. Do any of you care about this? Cause I, I want to see Matt Riddle wrestle in the main event, wrestle like, this is where I got a little upset. So they play the, they, they show the, uh, the, not the video package, but the, like the lineup for the next match, when you see like, hey, this is what's next, and we already it showed uh, the triple threat for the North American title: Velveteen Dream, uh, Roderick Strong, and Pete Dunne. It's a triple threat match. We know this is on the card. We all paid our money to go see this. But then after showing us that, Matt Riddle grabs a microphone. My first thing is, oh my goodness, are they adding Matt Riddle to this match? That would be crazy. No, he's just here to fight Killian Dane for no reason really. Yeah, the the crowd popped huge when. Riddle showed up. Yeah. It should be stated that Riddle didn't just like come up with the music. He walked out through the crowd and like, yeah. got the mic. It was very much like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, it was cool. And the crowd popped because it was out of the crowd. unexpected and it, everyone's into Riddle. And then Dane came. And then it died. Dane's here and they started fighting. He was like, oh, cool, they're fighting. And then... Oh. Died. Just silence. Like, it's like no one knew who Killian I, Dane was. I, I don't guess. think anyone really cares about Killian Dane. No, yeah. Not yet. And I don't know about you, but I don't... Like, like, I don't really want to see Matt Riddle, like, brawling up the no, ramp. Like, I like not. Matt Riddle because he brings something different, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I like to see him in the ring, you know, grappling, uh, stiff strikes. Just right. brawling with Killian Dane that could be, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and... and yeah, it wasn't... Race, all right? Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, and then, so they, they brawl up the ramp, they're fighting. Uh, Matt Riddle has to be... Uh, separate. They have to be separated. All these jobber cops, as we call yeah. them here, the jobber cops come out and they're separating. So Riddle starts hitting V triggers and ripcord knees to these like jobber people. I don't know. Then then Killian Dane's hitting things. I don't. know. It was just weird. I I just want to see the match. I think you're all sleeping on Killian Dane. That guy is awesome. We, we, I don't have anything against Killian Dane. It's just look at the position you're put in. It's, what do you expect us to do? Like especially. I watch NXT every single week, and I still don't really give a fuck about him yet. So imagine well, yeah. what the person who just bought this ticket because their kid likes wrestling. They're like, who is this? But this is more dude? to get Matt Riddle on the show. Right, yeah. It's I, I people love who've paid money and want to see Matt Riddle. Sure. Um, and it's furthering the angle that will have a match down the line. I, I definitely um, I think see once more. they eventually have the match, I think it's going to be really good. Killian Dane is is great and I think he'll be a really good opponent for Matt Riddle and I think they've worked together a bunch yeah. as well in the UK uh, so I think the actual match will be good but yeah you're right it goes to the crowd again just crowd being checked died. out you mentioned that there was a there was a family in front of us a kid mm-hmm. and his parents kid loved all our jokes you know shout out to him because we told him to listen shout out to the little show. kid yeah shout out to the little kid <laughs> new listener yeah that kid learned some new words tonight <laughs> especially yeah. for me but, I know that yeah <laughs> and, and I imagine the the kid 
is familiar with NXT. Right. Parents, probably not so much. His dad had an Undisputed Era hat, though. Oh, no, no shirt. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, he yeah. had a Chicago Sox hat, which I wanted to say, like, oh, but uh, we're Cubs family oh, gotcha. we're back yeah. in my house. Yeah. Real Just kidding. Real I shit. hate baseball. But, uh, <laughs> like, it, that's it's interesting. Like, I want to know what they think, because they for sure had no idea what was going sure. on. The kid... Maybe because I would imagine he's more invested in like a Johnny Gargano, sure. Velveteen, like the main storylines. Yeah. And I mean, Davey, I think you're right. I think when they have a legit actual match, it will be good. But it's just it's weird for me that it on a roster where you have like Kushida, um, Trevor Lee, like all these new guys that they just brought in that they still Kona Reeves, Kona Reeves as well, uh, <laughs> that they still want to push. Like a Killian Dale, it just it feels weird because I don't think there's a spot for him here. I feel like they didn't want to put him in uh, the UK show, and so they kind of just left him here for now. And so with, he's chilling. Yeah, because you you have like your Keith Lee's, your uh, uh, Punishment Martinez. I forget his yeah, his yeah. other name. Archer guy. Archer guy who like he they they both fit like that big guy role. Sure, you can only have so many big guys. The thing is, why rush it? Well, they're not. Well, like, so why rush it? We've we assume we've just seen Johnny Gargano's final match. He's had a year and a half of stellar NXT matches, and now we're going. What's next for him? Like, it's great to see he's moving on, but you worry. Why rush these guys? As soon as you put someone in the NXT title match, there's nowhere to go after that. You're going to be the champion. You're going to have your run, and then you're going to move on. So. Yeah, have Riddle and Dane go for it for a while. Have Kushida not on takeovers right now because their time will come, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm interested in seeing where it goes. It's just weird that it was put in because we got that weird Riddle thing with Cassius Ono, like a few takeovers, like probably like a year ago or now. I don't know, and it was just like randomly there for no reason. It was just like, okay, well, that was. It's, they've it, done it with Dream as Dream on yeah, the uh, yeah. Takeover 25. He didn't have a match, and mm-hmm. he has a segment. It's just so the crowd can see these stars. I want to see more of Matt Riddle definitely uh, in the near future in NXT. That's definitely he's a guy I'm watching, especially if you've been on his Twitter when he just like I will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> he's yeah, so uh, fun. Seth Rollins, take note. This is <laughs> this Matt, is cool. Yeah. Matt Riddle is what the kids want. That's how you do Twitter. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, yes and no. I don't know. <laughs> Go, going back to the Killian Dane thing, it's kind of weird seeing Matt Riddle with Killian Dane on NXT when Matt Riddle in real life is feuding with. Chris Jericho, Jericho or everyone Bill Goldberg WCW, trying yeah. to get a Brock Lesnar match <laughs> yeah. but yeah he's uh, a Killian Dane segment on TakeOver yeah definitely uh, I'm interested in more Matt Riddle um, then we go to the next uh, match I don't think we actually mentioned the end of the segment oh what yeah. happened at the end of the segment the big dive off the stage right oh yes yes <laughs> That's kind of the big angle yeah and, like Riddle was going for a rear naked choke and, and Dane was like slamming him into the um the the the, 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 the Tron, yeah. And then he just dives off the stage and through a other crash through a load of tables. Air. Right, yeah, there was like yeah. there's some setup yeah, gear so that Dane uh, killed Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is dead. Yeah. yeah. And he looked like a security guard got taken with them. Jobber cops. That's right, jobber yeah. Cops. No, that was quite cool. Jobber cops. Yeah, yeah the jobber, jobber cops are just taken. It was probably JC or Chris. Yeah. Two. yeah. Oh, I think they were uh, local guys, weren't they? Nikos Rikos. On the Dan Greek wrestling. Uh, I love time. how Scrump and MJ laughed there. Like, oh, yeah, the Emmett. They don't you know. You have no that. idea. <laughs> I'm from here. You guys have seen my Canada tattoo. Then we go to our next matchup the North American Championship. Championship of NXT, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong, 
versus uh, I'm already blanking on who, Pete Dunn, who was already in this match. Uh, Pete Dunn is in this match. Now, we made some predictions this week on Up Next about entrances because uh, we're usually spot on on this show. Usually, I usually, to- I'll toot my own horn here. I usually am like, hey, there, this guy's going to come out dressed like this. This guy's going to come out dressed like this. And he's going to do this. I didn't have any predictions. And you had some predictions. And I think you I were was pretty two- spot on on You were pretty two tonight. for two, I yeah, would say. I think so, so we said that Velveteen, you said that Velveteen Dream, in some shape or form, will come out representing. The King of the North, the Toronto Raptors. Now, the Street Profits came out in the Raptors gear, but literally, Velveteen Dream came out with the Toronto Raptors cheerleaders. Mm. They came out with the Raptors logo on the Titantron. It was a whole thing. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was there. <laughs> it was great. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, first, there were Mounties. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There was Mounties. Like some Dudley Do-Right thing. There was Mounties super, was yeah. Man. There was. So let, let's get this out of the way. We, we did predict, you know, what would he come out? Both he and Johnny Gargano, that was our thing. Where, right. How are they going to come out? Yeah. And it's not a spoiler. Johnny Gargano came out as Wolverine. Yes. All right. Wolverine, the one famous Canadian superhero. I for sure thought that Velveteen Dream was going to come out as like Canada's next big like superhero, which was Brendan Fraser. Yes. Shout out Matt Ross. You know Brendan Fraser was Dudley Do right in the live action. Yeah. Just letting you know that. Just no. letting you know that. Well, <laughs> just letting you know that. That was the I thing. Mean, the Mountie costume he came out in was cool, but yeah. if he would have came out looking like he was about to fight Imhotep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he came out dressed as the King of the North. Essentially, yeah. you Th- called it. This was uh, yeah, it was an easy pop for the crowd. I yeah. would say. The entrances were probably on the lower end of takeovers. They're, it was just cheerleaders. They were fine. And then uh, he's like, I'm the, and then he came out in his Seinfeld puffy shirt. And it was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just yeah. chilling. He didn't come out dressed as Kawhi. He didn't come out dressed as... He was as in me. red and white. That was Yeah, all right. Yeah, he came out with the Mounties. He came out with the cheerleaders. I still enjoyed it. It was cool. And it got like... I don't want to say cheap pop, but it was a cheap pop. Was cheap. You, you put up the Toronto Raptors logo on anything in the city yeah. right now. And people will scream, yeah, go Raptors! That's what Velveteen Dream did. Coming uh, from America, I wanted the national anthem. <laughs> they played some, yeah. They, our anthem's better than your anthem. I agree. Yeah, well, your I, hope, I hope PCO was in town, so they should have just had to come out with, yeah. uh, come out with Velveteen. <laughs> what else is he doing? Uh, so, Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong, and Pete Dunne for the North American Championship. Now, uh, if you've been following NXT TV, it's kind of Roderick Strong who was in line for the North American title. Pete Dunne has been kind of pushed into this match, and a lot of people were very okay with it. And I was very okay with it. Uh, I noticed right off the bat that Velveteen Dream is a huge Bret Hart fan. He does everything Bret Hart style. He's doing the poses early on in the match, the classic Bret Hart stance, the hitman stance. He's doing the uh, the top elbow off the top very early on in this match, a la Bret Hart. Um, there's a spot where there's a, a huge, like, I think it was Roddy who hits like a huge urinagi on the outside, but not just on the outside, but like one guy onto the other guy looked very, very cool. Now, uh, I don't know what it is with British wrestlers, but they really love fucking your fingers up. They we, just, we just hate, you hate hands. I, they I don't like ha- the Brits don't like your hands. Yeah. So if you ever see a British person, co- watch your hands, cover them. They will break them. They will snap them. That is what they do. And that is what, uh, Pete Dunn was doing in quite this. He's, there's different, different spots in this match where he's not just got one guy's hand. He's got the other guy's hand. He's making them clap. He's making them do all sorts of weird gang-related hand signs and all sorts of things. And then he makes them snap. He got the whole Scotiabank Arena to go, shh. 
and then he does they were, snap. They were doing that already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were doing a lot of that. Uh, there was also a lot of German suplexes in this match from both Roderick Strong and uh, Pete Dunne loves to... Pete Dunne just loves countering German suplexes. Now, I, I am not a wrestler, but I watch enough wrestling. If I were to wrestle Pete Dunne, I know to never German suplex him because he always lands on his feet. He's like a damn cat, this Pete Dunne. Um, now, Roderick Strong, his finish is the end of heartache where he puts you in like a vertical suplex, but he throws you forward and then pops his knees out and you land on on with your back onto the, the, the knees and then he usually pins you. Now... Pete Dunne counters that move into his own move, which he calls the X-Plex. And I thought this spot was really cool, considering if you watch them enough and you know them enough that their moves are very similar. The X-Plex is where he throws you forward just like it. That was a really cool spot. Now, there was a spot where all three men were up on a top rope, and this got a You Fucked Up chant, which uh, I don't know how it came across on TV, but I definitely caught how they fucked up, I guess. Um, There's... There's supposed to be two of them there, and Pete Dunne has uh, Velveteen's arm, and he's basically trying to break the fingers, but Roddy basically throws both of them, sending them flying, and Pete was supposed to grab the fingers of Dream, but he kind of didn't have his arm, so Dream just jumps. Dream just is like, oh, you got me, and he falls with them. It looked fine. I'm sure the camera's pretty cut like 9,000 different times to make it look like it didn't do that, but it still looked really cool. Creative spot, honestly. Um, There's a bunch of... uh, There's a a triangle from Pete Dunne, which is then countered into a powerbomb. There's, again, lots of finger-breaking here, which is really cool, but uh, I'm trying to remember now uh, from my notes here, but the the finish was uh, Velveteen Dream getting the victory over, I believe, Roderick Strong, uh, but he didn't hit the... He eventually hit his uh, Dream... DDT, but he hits the, also like the Dream Valley Driver like a million times. So he, yeah, he goes for a. There, there's a few really cool moments. Uh, hmm. Dream hits a kind of coast to coast elbow drop. Yeah, uh, that to was the cool. corner, which was pretty cool. Well, yeah, that's when that's when was it Dunn had Roddy in a like a triangle. Yeah, in the corner. yeah, and so Dunn is lying on his shoulders, like on the back of his shoulders, to like a standing Roddy in the corner, and Dream gets on the. Other side, yeah. And does like a coast-to-coast elbow drop. He's a big Shane McMahon fan, Um, obviously. Yeah, Roddy uh, locks in the the stronghold, the the Boston Crab, to both of them at the same time at one point. Yeah, that was cool, yeah. Velveteen goes for a double DVD, Mm -hmm. uh, but they both wriggle out, and at that point, Dunn grabs both of their hands and does the finger snap to both of them at the same time. Uh, There's then the bitter end to Roddy. uh, A one, a two, Dream breaks it up. Uh, then gets put into an Indian death lock, which Roddy breaks up. Roddy locks in the stronghold again, which Dream breaks up. Then Roddy breaks up and hits an end of heartache. And then there's a springboard elbow for the pin from Dream. So it's everyone doing their shit on everyone. And Dream gets the That's upper right. Dream, hand. Dream hits his purple rainmaker, which we uh, turn into a delicious shot. Mm. Uh, delici- delicious shot at our takeover tailgate. Uh, the purple rainmaker, which kind of breaks up the pin and then gets the pin from doing so. So Velveteen Dream retains the North American Championship. And I think I was the most upset person in this entire arena. because you were cheering for Roddy the whole I was, time. Like, I still have my voice, and I think I just used all my 
gas in the tank just cheering for Roderick Strong in this match. Roddy was definitely like the most impressive in this match. He always you, is. You mentioned, yeah, he, he always is. It's the workhorse. And there was the spots he was doing where he was putting people in the Boston Crab, which was like, is that a, is that a Jericho thing? See, then, the lion tamer, bro. Then he straight up yeah. does the lion tamer, which... He does that, it, yeah. That was cool. And I was just... I I guess I get why they put Pete Dunne. They just want a little bit more, you know, oomph <laughs> to the match. But... I'm kind of confused. Is he is he sticking around? I find Pete Dunne the most interesting person in WWE. I think he is uh, he's not he's one of the very few people, apart from say Brock Lesnar, who isn't overexposed. But you put him on any brand, he feels like a big deal. I think he's had one match on Raw, and the crowd were Crazy. loud for yeah. him. You can put him on one match in 205 Live and people will tune in to watch that match. You have him go to NXT UK and people are interested. But he's never overexposed. They put him on maybe one takeover a year. And people are always interested in Pete Dunne. I think he's got a great gig at the moment. He has his family in the UK. He's Mm -hmm. not living in the US full time. But, hey, Pete, do you want to come over and have a really hot match? At one of the hottest shows? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm Pete Dunne. I find him, and I, I think he's possibly quite happy being in that position right now, rather than moving his whole family to the States, being on Raw, and being in catering every week. Mm. I, I think it's. I think he's really interesting. No, actually, I, I quite enjoy Pete Dunne. Uh, I don't watch a lot of the UK stuff, and he quite frankly hasn't been on that show, because that's probably a reason why they... Like, he was brought up on Raw over a year ago. Mm. When everyone's like, "Okay, now is this time he's going to be brought up," it wasn't. That's not what happened. But he still continues to have these great matches. The last time we saw him, like in a big stage like this, was Takeover New York, and a lot of people were loving that match with Walter. And then he just kind of disappears, and you're like, "Okay, well, why isn't this guy doing anything?" And he does this match. He's just literally thrown into this match. The reason there wasn't one, but he was just added. And like, yeah, this was a really good match, but. Is he staying in NXT, or is he just going to kind of linger around and fight? I'm, I'm happy with him doing this, to be honest. Yeah. Just just disappear for a bit, work the indies, come back, have another fucking awesome match in a few months. Yeah. Getting, getting back to the finish of the match real quick, there was the spot where Dream comes off the top, he breaks up the pin. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another moment, and I'm learning this as I go to more live events, where on camera you probably don't see him getting ready to do it exactly so it feels so much more like oh Roddy's about to get the win right boom he comes, he comes out of nowhere no, yeah, right exactly yeah there were some really nice moments between Dream and Dunn in this I think what's great about this triple threat is all three characters are so different Roddy oh, is, yeah. Roddy is the jerk jock from a like a fraternity that's really. so spot on um Dream is this eccentric... Uh, art, art kid. Student. Yeah, he's the art yeah. kid. And then you've got Pete Dunne, who's... The Brit. Just the, <laughs> Foreign exchange student. Just the brute, who... There was this beautiful look where Dream kind of does his pose and Dunne just looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And then just hits him. For him. And I thought that dynamic made the match really interesting. Yeah. That gets back to what NXT is, though. It's a developmental product to develop personalities. And sure. these three guys have very defined personalities and I think that adds to the match quality it adds to the story the other thing that I think is interesting I think I turned the scrump at this point the angle slam yes and he uses the the lion tamer at one point right yeah I like the fact that they're using uh, we'll call them legends even though they're the guys we grew up watching I like that they're using those moves because for somebody tuning in that may not know who uh, Roderick Strong Mm -hmm. is you know the move 
So, oh, okay, this guy does those kind of moves. This guy it, He's it good. adds some uh, familiarity. Sure, yeah. Um, and I think that adds a little bit. I, will be sa- I, I was sad Roddy didn't win this match. <laughs> I really, well, I think I think this was the time to take the strap off Dream so then he can kind of maybe go into the main event level. But I, I thought Roddy should have had it. Even with, imagine, I mean, they, they teased the Undisputed Era breaking up this year, which I did not want at all. But imagine Roddy walks out the only guy with the title tonight. That would have been really funny. Jesse. <laughs> Oh, I just don't think. You don't like Roderick Strong? Uh, no, I don't see it, man. Not a main event player. All right. No, I think... B-plus at best? I like Dream with the North American title. I think Dream... Sure. I like... Because, as David was saying, as we're all sort of realizing with more and more discomfort, what is even the point of getting sent up to the main roster now? Like, there's just you don't a, want to. a saturation point. They can't use them all. I'd rather stay on this show and have fun, creative outlet where I get to do my, my craft and have fun. And yeah, I'm not getting paid the maybe a lot as much as these people, but you're having fun more so. And you're getting a cool spot. I don't know. It just seems like that. Right. And because Velveteen Dream is still quite young, yes. I would like to see them do with the North American title what sort of New Japan did with the Shinsuke Nakamura in the IC title. Okay. Like just make that his title and make sure. him make the title. Have him a good long run. He's already making that title. Yeah, there's, he, there's, is that he doesn't guy. need to go anywhere, so sure. I'm happy with it. I okay. mean, this is the WWE we're talking about, but surely if they if they are moving to FS1, the pay structure has to change. Definitely. So is that that to me that's the only incentive for moving up. I, I don't know, guys. I, I think w- a Johnny Gargano would look at the main roster and be where is my place there? In my opinion, he should be the guy. We all know he won't. We all know he won't. Exactly. Whereas you go, okay, I can stay here. I can be the guy on this third brand, which will be on broadcast TV. And now you may even be making similar sort of money as well. Uh, I just, I just, I've been watching this trailer that's been out this week for the new WWE video game. And, you know, you have people like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Roman Reigns and Velveteen Dream, which makes an appearance. Uh, I'm not saying that because he's in a commercial for a video game, he's being called up. It's just they had to put someone from NXT in this commercial and he was the guy they chose. So it shows that, like, maybe he will be not the face of NXT, but definitely like a major character, especially if they make this a a show that's not just a network show, but like an actual show on FS1, like they like I, the rumors that have been saying. I definitely agree with what Jesse was saying as far as like make, make this title mean something by having him hold on to it for as long as he did. Similar to what they did with Pete Dunne. Pete yeah, Dunne yeah. held that title for 16 years or something like that <laughs> and it made it feel important like when yeah. Walter beat him like you knew Walter was a big deal yeah but when he beat him for that belt it was like, like damn whoa and I think we I believe I don't know if it was with MJ or with Davey where we talked about how Daniel Bryan was doing this whole shtick where I got this you know major announcement I'm gonna make it seems like they dropped that but personally what I was hoping for was send him to NXT <laughs> because there's the whole send everyone because NXT is probably moving to FS1. Let let's talk now as if it's announced it's happening. Sure, NXT is moving to FS1, and you need stars as much as we love Adam Cole, Gargano, Velveteen. They gotta stay. Yeah, they they need to stay there to be established as those guys. Right, and I feel like Daniel Bryan would have been easily been able to like put in that into that show just because he has a similar style to all those guys. He's a smaller guy and he has a bigger name. Like I. I know who Daniel Bryan is, but to some people, that's Brie Bella's husband with the beard. 
and that would bring in some people. And I think if they are like doing this long run with Velveteen, it would have been nice to have seen someone like Brian put him over because those two seem like they could they could make that title feel more important than like the main title. Even. I think I think NXT has enough guys that they can continue to do to make names, but you just can't keep you can't keep doing the thing where we watch these two guys called the Viking, whatever the fuck, and then they do some crazy match at Takeover New York with uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet, and Alistair Black and Ricochet do their send off, they do their final bow for NXT, and we all cheer them and go, "Wow, what a crazy tag team match! That was nuts." They get called up, and then literally the week after, these Viking guys now are called up, and we're just robbed of these these major key characters that are just literally taken from us and now we're forced to watch people like Nikos Rikos and because we don't have other fillers yeah we're literally for you have to because we just don't have these characters when now I watch Monday Night Raw which I don't and I don't even see these guys because they're hanging out and catering because they're not even booked so it's like why are you stealing all these dudes and making them do absolute jack shit when they could actually be huge part of a show that is now this NXT that could be something different. I just think things need definitely need to change here, but I, I really did like this triple threat. I just, I will say, you said it was like a weird bringing these three different characters kind mm. of together, and that's literally kind of what it felt. It felt like that group project where everyone just doesn't get along, but it was still good. It just, I wouldn't say it was one of the best takeover matches I've ever seen. It was fantastic, but it just wasn't at the caliber of things I'm used to seeing, but I still enjoy this match quite often. MJ, one more thing and then we'll move on. Great three way adds to the confusion of the show. Yeah, 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 I guess true. so. It's yeah. the theme of the show for me. Yeah. Let's talk about some more confusion going well, into I this think, match. Uh, I might have skipped over it or I might have not got up to it, but let's talk about it now. Uh, Austin Theory yes. is seen front row. Okay, so uh, NXT TakeOver, they do this thing where when it's a big deal, they cut to you in the crowd. They go, they go, Kushida! We got Kushida. And people were like, oh, damn, that guy's from New Japan. That guy's fucking lit. That guy's sick. We go to Keith Lee. Damn, that guy was crazy. That guy's amazing. We go to all sorts of people. We've been doing this for quite a while. Let's cut to Austin Theory. And that's that that yeah that's the sound the crowd made tonight. I even we did a show on Evolve. We watched this show. I know who Austin Theory is, but when you put him not in his gear in some I don't know dress shirt or whatever he's wearing, and no name marquee, dude, how am I supposed to know who you are when it doesn't even say your name? Because I literally was like, who, who, I know that's uh, that's uh, is that Randy Orton's kid? I don't know who, <laughs> who is that? Who is that guy? I. Uh, I don't think this was an NXT call-up. I no, think this is hyping... I know, I think it's hyping Evolve. Right. Um, which we'll I think, steal I think Evolve will take the place of what NXT was. Yes, definitely. Um, similar to... We saw Walter and Tyler Bate. Yeah, they were there. That's well. hyping NXT UK. I think they're just... I don't think there's any... sprinkling some guys I don't around. think there's any new signings that we don't right. know about to NXT. That I being said, though... just showing... Austin Theory will probably main event takeovers in, like two years or something along those lines. Well, I'm not possibly. shitting on Austin Theory. He's only like 16 or whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at some point down the line he will. Like, yeah, like I actually, I've watched some of his stuff. It's cool. But literally, like I watch a lot of wrestling. And when you show some schmuck in the front row without a name key, how am I supposed to know who you are? It is possible they name keyed him on the broadcast. Sure. Live. Exactly. Crickets. Yeah. No one knew who he was. Even the guy beside him was like, Hey bro, can you hold this beer for me? Like, hold on, I got time my shoe. And they're like, no, 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 you're on camera now. We can't do that. Like, literally, there was people beside him. Like, 
Oh, my camera. Hey, what's going on? It's like, no, no, no. We're trying to show Austin Theory here. It's like, Which oh, okay. he should have had, like, Vetty, uh, the, the, the title. Have, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't if know. you're, this is, let's say, this is to promote Evolve, let him wear the belt. It's just funny. I didn't, you legit know? didn't realize it was him. We're, we're talking about NXT like it's already on FS1. Yeah. Let's see. And this is a podcast for another day. But at the end, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> I think that they're probably internally trying to scramble and figure out. All right, what's Evolve's role going to be? Do we want to key him as Evolve champion? Do we not? Sure, want to key yeah. Him? It, it's he's just waiting. He's just waiting till they go. Okay, cool. Now you're in uh, this spot here. For, you're the takeover spot now. Like he's good. Don't get it twisted. I oh, just it was just funny that they did all I know that. is if, if Evolve is getting put on the network, uh, that means Eddie Kingston is in Evolve. Oh. And if I get to see Eddie Kingston <laughs> on the WWE Network, just like we, we were there for that uh, progress, progress show, show, and Eddie Kingston, me and Scrump. During the intermission of progress on Thursday night, we're just having a conversation at the back of the bar of this venue because of the intermission. And then Jim Smallman goes, hey, guys, you got five minutes. And then the, sh- the second half of the show starting. We're like, cool. We're having a conversation. We're talking to some people. Then all of a sudden, a fight breaks out right beside us, literally right beside us at the bar. But when we look at the two people fighting, it's Eddie Kingston and Trent Seven. And I'm pretty sure that Eddie Kingston, being the troll that he is, literally was shoot annoying Trent Seven because he flipped over his merch table and Trent Seven looks at him and realizes Eddie Kingston has a smirk on his face but then also is like fuck you just dumped all my merch on the oh, I don't want to do I want to I want to wait no I don't want to do this right now and he's like no 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 mate we're doing it right now and he's like fuck and then they just started fighting and everyone in the arena was like oh my god this is a fight and it wasn't it was you know it turned into the match but it was pretty cool. So I do want to see some yeah. interesting characters yeah. come on. Shout out Eddie Kingston. Shout out Eddie Kingston. Friend of the show. Uh, apparently listens to post-wrestling. Yeah. Uh, probably doesn't listen to us. Nah. It's fine. Who does? Uh, let's go to our next match. I feel like we talked enough yes, about Yes. Uh, the women's title match. It's Mia Yim against Shayna Baszler. Um, there's really not a lot at the beginning of this match. They're just feeling each other what out. What about their entrance here? Because Mia Yim came out with the Wu-Tang Clan. She came out with like a whole like gang of people doing her entrance. I love Mia Yim's theme song, uh, the HBIC. HBIC, it's a cool theme. Uh, I, I, we've, been, we've been talking about this week by week. The Mia Yim thing is kind of not clicking, maybe, possibly, maybe, who knows. Uh, it kind of showed tonight. I feel like not a lot of people knew because uh, people were chanting Shayna Baszler and they were booing her, as she should. She's the heel and you should boo her heel work. Uh, a few rows in front of us started chanting for Mia Yim, ex- except uh, they weren't chanting for Mia Yim. They were chanting for Mia Kim because they didn't even know who she was. So I like they literally were like, oh, I could see them like discussing like, you know, when you're, you're you're trying to tell you're trying to fill someone in on something like, yeah, they do. And they're like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, Mia Kim. And they're like, yeah, yeah. All right. Just just cheer for her. And it's like, OK, because this is where the crowd really died. Um, I. I am a fan of Shayna Baszler, but this one definitely put me a little asleep, I would say. Yeah, I'm a fan of both of them, but this just didn't click yeah. tonight. Yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily find too much about this. Maybe it's in like my weird mindset where I'm like, you are not beating Shayna Baszler. You are definitely not the one who's going to take this reign. It just felt like a, like a house show match or a TV kind of feud here. I don't know. Especially, like, again, again, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but we are used to having one women's match on a takeover card. And we just had a women's match, uh, the match prior. And it literally was my favorite match of the night. It, it stole the show for me. 
And then we go to the actual women's championship, and it's putting me to sleep. Yeah. It felt like this should be, like, the number one. Like, it should be roles reversed here. A- am I am I alone here, or am I a no, dick? Like, th- I just, this didn't, just did not click with me This at match, all. to me, was very reminiscent of the AJ Styles-Kevin Owens feud, in which there are two good workers who never sure. really worked, and, you know, the it's right. like, okay, these guys can for sure put on a good match, and there just was... There was just something that didn't click. Maybe it's because they live together. I mean, you would think there'd be more chemistry, yeah. but they're just... Mm-hmm. I, I think the crowd were just checked out as well. Definitely. I think they were very cold for me a year. Let's get into the actual match. As I said, f- to start with, nothing really happens until... Shayna gets mad and puts Mia Yim's hand in between the post and the steps and just starts kicking at it. Uh, oh, sorry. It yeah. Mia Yim. Mia Yim, sorry, that. doing that too. It was, I, I found that it was Mia Yim kind of like the story, if you've been following, is Mia Yim took out the horsewomen uh, in very illegal ways, actually. Yeah. Someone should call the OPP on Mia Yim because like, she's just been beating people up in parking lots and locker rooms. It's weird. Um, but then she, the gimmick here is she's stealing Shane is bullying tactics because she's tired of the bully here in yeah. NXT. So she's doing the putting the hand in between the steps. We had Mia Yim do the classic Shayna elbow thing that I still don't know how that That's doesn't right. hurt. Yeah. But I learned this SummerSlam weekend it's very easy to do. The the Shayna Baszler elbow thing, you know what I'm talking about. Where you, you Yeah, it's where the, uh, where the hand's on the mat and, and the elbow's sticking out the and elbow. you just stomp on the forearm. Oh, so painful. Scrump showed me. Uh, he messed up the first time. And it's still <laughs> hurting. But uh, I, it, it was... It was like they, they definitely were trying for a story in the match. It's just not a story. They were, I, and I, I think they felt the crowd were dead because yeah. then they they pulled out a really impressive. It was code blue, Miriam's code red, off, off the, the top. top rope, and that woke up the crowd. They were like, "Oh, that was cool," and then they went back to sleep. Mm. Um, you had yeah, uh, Shayna gets her in the Carafuda uh, clutch, um, but. Mia sort of headbutts out of the way. Um, that's when we had the stomp to the arm. Um, and then Shayna submits Mia Yim in a very similar way to Io Shirai earlier with, yeah. the, with the leg scissor choke. Yeah, so, so just like that. I, again, I, I'm not like being trying to be super negative. I just really was not into this match. Nothing. I didn't really care about it. But the finish is just interesting to me because we literally just saw a match that ended in a very similar way. So if you ask me as a fan, I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm going to see those two fight because they've just done the same finish on two different people. So, yeah, I don't know. Jesse, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it, it was odd that they booked such a similar finish with mm-hmm. women's matches. Although, as MJ's pointed out sometimes before, that uh, watching it on the network, on mm-hmm. camera, could be different. So maybe sure. some nuances we didn't pick up. And ultimately what it comes down to is the crowd didn't buy into Mia Yim as a credible challenge. No. That's all it was. And they knew a long main event was coming, so they were down. Having said all that, even though the finish was similar to the other women's match, I really enjoyed the finish. I really enjoyed uh, the sequence at the end with the mat work, and I enjoyed the psychology because Yim was working over uh, Baszler's arm and hand Mm -hmm. the whole time, and Baszler couldn't get... The careful to clutch applied properly. Every time she did it, Yim would either headbutt her or hyperextend the arm, and so Baszler ends up switching to going to a basically a leg hold, doing choking her with her her thigh, right. which I thought was really cool. It shows, uh, it shows she's an actual fighter. Yeah, yeah which well, shows Yim's intelligence for going after uh, Baszler's base weapon, but mm-hmm. then it shows that Baszler is just that much better because mm-hmm. she she can figure out another way to beat you. Shayna Baszler for the children. 
<laughs> right, Wu Tang. I guess now. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I just uh, going into this feud, the Mia Yim thing just wasn't clicking for me, and 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 this match is really. It would have been I, a great uh, NXT TV match. That's what. I, yeah, that's. What I I'm think saying. I don't think anyone buys Mia Yim as champion, but I think there was for a lot of people just thinking Shayna's time yeah, feels done thing. long. So, but Yo Shirai, baby. No, I think Dakota Kai might. They Dakota still need to Kai. That oh story. yes, the Dakota, Dakota Kai. Is back. Yes, and I think people could get behind Dakota uh, Kai. You give it to Dakota Kai. This is what I want. I want somehow, some way, you get shit. I'm not a fan of people dropping the title and then it's vacated because that's just cheap. That's just that's just cheap. Like that's lazy. I need somehow Shane. In fact, it would have been fine if Mia somehow got the title and then instantly loses it to EO because EO doesn't necessarily need the title, but you put it on EO right now and like I think you got a rocket. I think you got well, something that's crazy. I hot. think you can do that with Dakota Kai as a transition. Who? I think people are going to be way more behind. Her. I don't know. I don't know, man. If people don't know Mia Yim, they I, they don't know Dakota. No, Kai. I think that bully story like got over. I and think you're I looking think into her, it more. I think her style is more fan friendly that people will get into. Team it. kick. I think we do need to move away from Shayna we and do. to EO, yeah. but I don't think a heel versus heel is going to work at this point. Shayna turns face. I definitely think, kind of touching on like what you were saying, Davey, is that there are options. Like Obviously, you can go to, she- to uh, Shayna versus EO. You can even do Shayna versus Candice versus EO if you want to just switch it up, but there's a lot of women in that division. Yeah, of course. That you have Deanna Perrazzo, Chelsea Green. Yeah. Uh, VXT. I, yeah, VXT. I know Tegan Knox just came back from Your injury. Favorite. My favorite. Yeah, and, there's, there's and then, a lot. So there's a lot of women you can build, like Bianca Belair. What but, I, uh, do you remember? There used to be a woman. Oh, yeah. I forgot Bianca about Bianca Belair. Belair. Yeah. Whoever, just, they'll hear back up. She'll yeah, I, there's, back a, there's a thing. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not even, ju- like, we're making it sound like, oh, they're, they're, they're women division. It's like, no, they do that with a lot of the dudes. Like, there's so many just wrestlers that are like that. But I will say, like, you could just, if, if I were, like, to you, like, hey, you don't watch wrestling, but I got an extra ticket to this takeover thing. Just come watch it with me. It'll be great. It'll be great. And you're like, yeah, all right. And then you watch this, and you're like, hey, this Io Shirai person and Candice LeRae, they, like, tore it down, and the crowd went crazy for it. It's kind of funny, because I know, David, we talk about Gargano and Almas, but a lot of people don't remember that there was also Gargano versus Almas before the Gargano versus yeah. Almas. Remember that? It was like an opening match oh, or like a second Philly. match. Yeah. It was just a throwaway like match. Yeah. yeah. It was a throwaway takeover match that was like in the beginning of the card. And that left the impression on everyone. They were like, whoa, did you see that? That was like a 10-minute little cracker that they had. I feel like that just happened tonight for Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, where we will be talking about at our next TakeOver tailgate about Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae and Chill. Because like... Just keep booking them, I guess. I just feel like they got. There's a little hot pocket of this going on right now, and I would watch more of it. Bring it back to the women's titles match. Mia Yim, dare I say Mia Kim? Mia Yim. Yeah. Her in ring just wasn't quite there. Yeah. So in addition to the character maybe not being believable, which I think the character is a lot to work with. Yeah. Uh, I've likened her to a more street version of Sasha Banks. Sure. Yeah. Sasha Banks is the rapper after the rapper's made money. Yeah. Mia is the rapper before (laughs) when she's like actually talking about to be clear, Sasha Banks is when a rapper gets money. And they're like it's like Jay Z like like, rapping about like his kids and stuff. You're like, eh, you're still good, but like, yeah, whatever. But but Mia Yim's still like in the grind. She has the credibility. No, the Mia Yim thing seems forced. Mia Yim seems like, look, I love Wu Tang Clan. But is that going to be my gimmick? Because I listened to Wu Tang Clan. Now I'm going to be like, uh, protect your neck, it's protect your neck, cream. With. That's all I'm about. Like, no, it's like, 
it's the start, but you got to, we were talking about evolution before and that the character, that's not a lot of legs for it to, where are you going to go next? She's going to turn into Sasha Banks next. No, we already got a Sasha Banks and she does it quite well. I don't know if Medium's on that level, but again, developmental. So I don't know. Honestly, uh, this match just did not deliver for me. I, I, did not I like hope it. that Mia gets another chance sure. to have a match because there's, like you mentioned, there's the possibility that you have Gargano versus almost one versus which is okay, but then you go to uh, the, their second match. Yeah, but now with me, yeah, and, <laughs> and it becomes you know one of the best matches sure, ever. Sure, sure. Conversely, you could have AJ Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania. Ooh, yeah, I don't want that. And then you know you think, all right, well their second match will be even better, and, it and then it kind of shits the bed again. Right. Like I just I don't want people to be turned off from Mia. Because her and Shayna just don't have right. that chemistry. Some wrestlers just don't have that chemistry together, and I definitely think there's something there with her. I just, her- I just find it funny that this was the women's title match. Like, listen, titles are props. Vince Russo said so. Uh, titles are props, and I just found that this didn't, this wasn't a title match, and my match that was for the title was actually Yoshirai and Candice LeRae. Let's just imagine that. Yoshirai is the champion. Well, let's move on to the title match. Yes. The NXT title match. Adam Cole defending his NXT championship against Johnny Gargano in a two out of three fools match. Or some people would say three, three stages, stages of, of hell. hell. Uh, the first fall being a traditional wrestling match. The second fall, a street fight. And the third fall... To, de- to be determined. To be determined. We don't know. Unless you're in the arena and you looked up. Just saying. Yeah, which like... How cheeky do they think they are? We've we've all been to enough wrestling shows where if there's a cage there, you know it. Yeah. Them putting a tarp over it... <laughs> Doesn't hide a cage. Might, they might as well have had a sign that said, hey, look at me. But it did hide... It did the, hide the, some things. The it did hide surprise. Some things. It um, did hide some things. Let's go into this. So next. the Let's first go. full starts with yeah. very traditional wrestling, wrist locks, headlocks, both feeling each other out, trying to out-wrestle each other. There's a very early Gargano escape attempt, uh, followed by a final shot. Sorry, last shot or final shot? Last I always shot. get it wrong. Uh, by a last shot attempt. They both uh, catch each other's feet and do the kind of uh, spot Tanahashi does a lot, where you're holding each other's leg and you put it down, you put it down. Yes. No, they, they don't actually catch each other's legs. They just... They both lifted their own legs and stood on one leg looking at each other. And then... I found... Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, we were we were at TakeOver New York with the uh, the two out of three falls. The mm-hmm. first time when Gargano fought Cole in New York, WrestleMania weekend. And I'll straight up and say it's literally one of the most... One of my favorite matches I've ever seen. Uh, I have I was there live. I loved it live. I watched it back. and still one of my favorite matches literally ever in professional wrestling. And then they killed it with the second one. So when they do the third one now, I actually really liked the beginning of this match because... It's in wrestling, you see when guys know each other, they know mm-hmm. each other's moves. But, like, these guys literally were, like, knowing each other's moves. They were blocking the blocks to the blocks. They were countering the counters to the counters of the counter within the counter. So when you're talking about them j- dancing on each other's mm-hmm. legs, it's because, th- like, one of them was going to super kick, but then they blocked the super kick, and then he was blocking that super kick with another. It was, like, really meta. I mean, we mentioned a few weeks ago when Adam Cole chose it chose the fall being a wrestling match yeah. we go how weird is it hearing the word wrestling, wrestling on wwe tv mm-hmm. and they really did the the beginning of this match was a wrestling match like, and i i really yeah. enjoyed it you, you gotta think too like of course like that aspect of their game is going to be up when their teachers when their teacher is Shawn michaels when Shawn michaels mm-hmm. is like personally helping you hone your craft 
and like it shows. It he had Shawn Michaels. Oh, we didn't even. He had Shawn Michaels on his gear. He always puts Shawn Michaels within his gear. Johnny, oh well, Johnny yeah. Wrestling. Let's go into Johnny Wrestling's gear. You called uh, it. Wolverine. I called it. He was Wolverine. What? Listen, here in Canada, guys, we don't have a lot of superheroes. Oh, like, sure, we created Superman, but you Americans love to take him. I'm sorry. We we had this conversation as well. I am, despite what my Canadian maple leaf tattoo yes. may lead you to believe. I'm not actually Canadian. Yes. Um, I'm Mexican. Okay. And what Mexican superheroes are there? The the Mexican superheroes that I have are my father, <laughs> shout out Alberto Senior, <laughs> Rey Mysterio Junior. That's it. And like Black Panther, kind Wait, of just because like that's the closest that I have to like. You know? What about the Taco Bell dog? That guy was lit. The Taco Bell dog? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to yell at my aunt's dog because it wouldn't talk like the Taco right. Bell dog. But it was cool seeing uh, Johnny come out as Wolverine because that was something we joked about. And he did it. Like he literally, if, you literally if, called it. If oh, I, I, I DM'd him when I when he was showing <laughs> out the video. I said, you know, what would be really cool in Canada. Hold on. We are talking about Johnny Gargano, friend of the show. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah. We gotta call him that. Which yes. so I don't know if any of you guys noticed. We'll get back to the match, but on his wrists there was little claws. There were there, there was were. little claws sticking out, which that was that was cute. Yeah. And I, I I mentioned to Jesse, you're a nerd, that his yeah. Yeah, shout out uh, Marvel Comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of his gear tells the tells different stories. Sure. Uh, he had when he was in Phoenix, you know, he had the the Phoenix gear, he rising, rising yeah. from the ashes. And I I wondered to Jesse, I was like, do you think he's dressed as Wolverine because uh, like a little Logan inspired? The movie Logan is just like it, You've you know, been beaten. He, he's been beaten down. He's yeah. on his way out. Yeah, you're right. And he comes to terms with that. Sure. And like maybe that wasn't the story that he meant to tell, but I kind of got that from the end. You're probably on he lost. point. Yeah. You're like. Spoilers, he loses, and he's just kind of in the ring, defeated, much like Logan. Logan knows he's going to die. Sure. And he accepts it. It's it's hard being on top sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, I do, I do, you did call it. You did call the Wolverine. He came out in the yellow with the blue and the, and the Gargano on the back of the tights and the Wolverine font. It was really cool, and even the little claws and everything. But he also always adds a little Shawn Michaels uh, into his gear. Where, and uh, he had, like, uh, for New York, he had the Iron Man, and it had the Shawn Michaels heartbreak thing mixed in with the Iron Man in his kick pads. And in this, I noticed in his trunks had, like, the little Shawn Michaels, again, like, usually the little heart with the heartbreak thing. So How, how adorable is it that when Triple H wrestles, he has, like, the NXT patch? on his vest right. like, for know, his right? like, kids. Right. And then when his kids wrestle, like they're now doing that for, for them. That's just, yeah. that's adorable. It's cute. Uh, I thought this was really cool. Uh, what did Adam Cole dress up at? I mean, uh, Johnny Gargano comes out of, from a, as a member of Alpha Flight, but Adam Cole just comes out just Adam Cole. He's just Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, so going into how well each other, uh, they, they know both each know other. each other, Adam Cole tries the first Panama City Sunrise attempt uh, but Johnny Gargano moves out of the way, and then he goes to the second rope to try it himself. Um, but he goes to jump and knows that Adam Cole is mm. going to go for the super kick, so he fakes it. Um, he sends Adam Cole to the outside and hits uh, like a mid rope uh, baseball slide drop kick to Adam Cole. Uh, Gargano hits a neck breaker to Cole on the apron, the hardest part of the ring. Of I'm pretty sure I saw. Uh, Beth say that at that point. You literally were like, look, 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 look at Beth. She's, she's saying it. She's, she's saying it. She's telling Nigel and Moore right now. It's the hardest part of the ring. Uh, we have a knee bar from Gargano, followed by a DDD, a DDT apron attempt, but this gets reversed 
into a German, like a wheelbarrow German to the apron yeah, from like Adam hurt. Cole. Everything hurts more on the apron, too. Yeah. Not just like like on the inside of it, but if you're outside slamming the dude onto it. It was like the snowplex, really. It's like the wheelbarrow thing. It looked really cool. Cole then gets uh, Gargano in a leg scissor headlock. He saw both Baszler and Shirai do that earlier and so think, hey, that seems to work tonight. Let's try that. Uh, you get forearms from the two of them back and forth. Uh, Gargano hits his roll-through kick, his slingshot DDT that gets caught into a Sushi Garoshi attempt move. that gets reversed into a Falcon Arrow. Um, he puts Gargano puts Cole into the corner, goes for the, the 10 punches in the corner, but gets kicked. Uh, Johnny Gargano gr- jumps from the apron and stomps on the arm of Adam Cole. Maybe. Uh, there's a figure four from Gargano. Woo chance going all around Scotiabank Arena. Uh, Cole then lifts it in another deadlift wheelbarrow German suplex, followed by a pump kick, an enziguri, and a knee kick to Johnny Gargano. He then attempts the Panama City Sunrise again, but gets reversed by Gargano into like Hangman Page's kind of reverse pile driver. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Dead Eye? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's when dangerous move. It's when you're hanging over the shoulders, yeah. so your your head is is facing the ground like yeah. a pile driver, but you're on the back of really cool. the guy. Yeah, yeah really sweet. Uh, looks great. Uh, this is where my notes change over. <laughs> I just, um, I, at this point, it was a wrestling match. It, it legit was. was what they t- sold us on. Um, I'm not one for the uh, fight forever chance. I think it's really overplayed and overdone. But uh, honestly, like legit, I'm not being that guy. But these are two dudes I would literally be like, yeah, fight forever. Legit. Just, I'll, watch. I'll probably, if you were to come back to Toronto and be like, yeah, Cole and Gargano are the match. Okay, I'm just going to go. Because like, I'll watch you fight forever. Gargano hits his slingshot DDT and gets caught by a Sushi Garoshi, which is hit this time. One, two, kick out. At this point, Adam Cole goes for the chair. The heel in him, as the ref's distracted, he hits Gargano with a low blow. Right in the balls. But only a two count. Uh, the ref then tries to stop Cole from using the chair, gets in his face. What the fuck are you doing, Adam Cole? He's saying. Uh, Johnny Gargano then just grabs the chair and right in front of the ref smashes Adam Cole with it. He knows he's going to lose the fall, but he's weakening Adam Cole. You don't care. And the crowd do not like this one bit. Uh, as a huge Johnny Gargano fan, uh, it broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't him. a fan of that. It's like in New Japan when the good guys do not so nice things. The crowd really doesn't like it. Mm. Uh, the crowd was like, it didn't ki- like the crowd was like, we understand what you're doing here, Johnny, but it, it hurt my heart. Just a t- my rebel heart, just a tiny little bit. Jesse. So I was dismayed that the Toronto fans, as did the, the, uh, New York fans, they're all cheering for that douchebag Adam Cole. Of course. That reprobate. Yeah. His heinous actions. They weren't cheering for the good guy, Johnny right. Gargano. Me and you were, just FYI. Yeah, me, we, we sat beside each other in New York, and everyone in our section were not with us for Johnny Gargano. And then when he won, everyone was like, okay, you two were right. You guys, he deserved that. Yeah, right. he deserved it. And this this time, we were the ones standing up cheering Johnny Wrestling. And also everyone not was 10-year-old cool. kid. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was confident that Johnny would turn him again. But this was strange, because... So Johnny hits him with the chair, and DQ. people boo, as you yeah. mentioned, because they were kind of booing a lot of what he was doing. They're yeah. like, Cole. 
But as David will go into the second fall, they were cheering the more and more of the violent things that Johnny was doing. Now, that wasn't illegal at that point because it was a street fight. It's symbiote. So, so the more that Johnny was like acting like the bad guy, the fans liked it because they like called the bad guy. So that was sort of weird. Wrestling fans are weird. I like... I mean, I... I I like Johnny when he's just the white meat baby face. I know. So Me too. Fire. I like Peter Parker. White meat baby face, and I think they lost it, and that's really sad. But one thing I do like is that for once the baby face was smart. Yeah. <laughs> because so often in wrestling, the heel is cunning. Yeah. The baby face is an idiot with muscles who just charges after you, right? So Johnny's like, Fuck you know it. what? I'll give up the first fall. I'll just stay with his Because I'll hurt you. So at least. He yeah. showed some brains. Uh, I will say that uh, Johnny Wrestling, uh, Adam Cole said on NXT at the, the a few weeks ago, he said that uh, when I beat you, you can no longer use the word Johnny Wrestling because I will beat you in a wrestling match. Johnny got DQ. Technically, he can't call himself Johnny Wrestling. MJ. There were two things I did not like about the first full finish here. One, like Jesse said, white meat, white meat baby face using a chair and right. just felt uncomfortable, um, even though it did play into the story in the second fall. The second was that when the second fall starts and you're about to get into it, he hits him with the chair a few times. He does not go for a pinfall. That was my problem. I think if you're losing the first fall by using a chair, you should win the second fall pretty much straight away. You should lay in those chair shots. I felt like the second fall was pretty quick. Wasn't it? Mm, it went on a no. It went As on a fair bit. Yeah. It, should, it ran around the whole. By the time, yeah, 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 by the time the second fall finished, you didn't think that was as a result of Gargano using the chair at the fair, end of the first fair, fall, fair. which makes Gargano look a bit dumb. Yeah, Scrump, what do you have to say? Well, like it, I don't know if it's. It, I don't mean to sound like Jim Cornette. Sure. Uh-oh. But, Uh-oh. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> if you're beating him down with, uh, and it happens like later in the other, there was plenty of times where the like just pin him. You can pin him, right. but instead of like setting up these weird spots, and I get it, it is an hour-long match, and you need to keep people entertained. But like Davey said, you just hit him with this chair. With chair, should have put him in the Gargano escape, made him tap right there, and go directly into the next like thing. Especially with as much like weapons that were involved in the third match, right? You could have just done that. So there. yeah, this second fall is now a street fight yeah. because Johnny Gargano picked this because we've seen him in street fights. He's good at them sometimes, or is he? Uh, and then yeah, like you said, they ran around the whole arena here. They came near our section. They were doing jumps and all sorts. So, of yeah, things. Gargano sends Cole to the outside, hits him with a suicide dive. They start making their way through the crowd. Johnny's grabbing like the souvenir soda cups from fans and you smashing it over. Yeah, how much did it cost you? Can you like a, a million dollars? <laughs> uh, smacking Adam Cole's head with it. Uh, they're fighting in the aisle. Uh, Johnny Gargano jumps off one of the kind of banister yeah. things up the aisle, then takes a selfie. Uh, from yes, a fan, a fan some guy was trying to take a picture and Johnny saw it, so he grabbed the phone and took a selfie with the fan mid-match. I need to see this photo. Uh, Gargano hits a super kick on the outside. He dives over a barricade onto Adam Cole. The crowd are pretty hot here. NXT yeah. chants start filling the arena. Uh, Johnny Gargano clears the announce table to put... Adam Ooh. Cole threw it. Yeah, but what move was he trying to do? Well, he goes for the fairy tale ending, which mm. is obviously Tommaso Ciampa's move, which is a callback to their first match in New York yes. because Adam Cole hits this on the table mm-hmm. in that match. Uh, but Adam Cole struggles out, goes for the fairy tale ending himself, but Johnny Gargano backdrops him right through the table. Everyone was chanting tables right before this happened, and then the table spot happened. And I felt like the crowd went dead. And I was like, guys, you literally were asking for tables. They do it. And you're like, all right, cool. 
MJ. <laughs> we were about to get a lot more tables in this match. Yeah, we so were. Yeah, yeah, I guess. the crowd felt it. Yeah. Um, throughout, and, and as we're talking about this now, I'm playing it back in my head. You mentioned the Wolverine thing. You mentioned yeah. the feeling that he may have thought, I'm on my last life here. I may, I'm, I'm going to go down with Swing it. for it, Johnny. Yeah, and, and Swing away, Johnny. I'm thinking about the way that he approached the end of the first fall, the way he fought in the second fall. Kind of like, I'm going to throw everything against the wall to call back to Ciampa, who, you know, for all intents and purposes in the story, has fallen. Sure. It definitely, uh, now that I'm thinking about it more, and these guys are great. And No, like, makes they're the very good storytelling. Yeah, like, like Gargano um, is so meta. Like, he literally, there's little things that are done purposely, like, in his things that make me go, okay, you're actually really good at this wrestling thing. Like, what you're doing is not just, you're not doing moves for just doing moves. You're doing moves because you're telling a story. Uh, and I feel like he's literally one of the best actors because he's a good storyteller and i just always love his matches like i guess i could watch these two wrestle all night no it's problem. always a sign of how great a rivalry a feud of matches when we can nitpick things sure but we are quite literally nitpicking yeah yeah because they are that good and they've done such sure a great yeah definitely the course of the rivalry yeah so the the as you said johnny's grabbing the tables he grabs one he grabs two there are then johnny tables chants from uh the arena uh, he then grabs a chair. I think one guy tried a Johnny chairs chant. Didn't really work. <laughs> uh, okay. You got a running knee from Adam Cole. He then sets up a chair and hits the Sushi Garoshi. Uh, actually, no, this was the Ushi Garoshi, the classic uh, version. The greatest, greatest, chair. greatest wrestling move in the history of wrestling. Gargano picks uh, Cole up for a long dart attempt, but Cole wiggles out, hits the Panama City, uh, but Gargano gets out of the way, then gets the long dart throwing Adam Cole face first into a chair, locks in the Gargano escape. Jesse? No, I'm just saying. Yeah. He's, mad that, he's, he's mad that Gargano is being not such a good guy. No, Street Fight is fine. That was a, that was a hard bump to take. That yeah, getting the lawn dart from yeah. the other end of the ring all the way into a chair that's in the middle, like stacked in the middle yeah. of the turnbuckle looked like really cool, actually. And, and Cole taps out. Yeah, Cole taps out. That's the end of the second fall. As we all thought, yes. one fall apiece. It's tied. It's time to go to hell. Yes. And one of the things I noticed was... We're, we're shitting on the crowd a lot in this show. Yeah. Considering we had seen the cage hanging about above the show all night. Yeah. I thought we reacted pretty well we did, to it. We did. The surprise of the weapons yes. around the so cage. The cage lowers as the, the tarp is taken off. It is revealed that William Regal is one sick fuck because <laughs> he lined the cage with uh, fire extinguishers, uh, kendo sticks, brass knuckles, Chairs, uh, a barbed, la- wire, a barbed wire surrounds the top of the cage because the announcer has filled us in that there will be no escaping the cage and the only way to win is pinfall or submission. So therefore, there's barbed wire on the top of it. There's a random ladder that's just chilling on the top of the cage this whole time. I don't know. The only thing going. missing was Mitch the Plant. This was very reminiscent <laughs> of the Ambrose Asylum. This was a hard House of Horrors match yeah. almost. Like Scrum. Weird. What a mark that Willem Regal is. He goes to one GCW show and now he's trying to throw William <laughs> wow. Regal's... Uh, House of Horrors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Davey, it's funny you call this, uh, you said this was the asylum, because mm. I called this the purveyor of violence, man. Yeah, like the, he the definitely... John Moxley influence. Yeah, it was very over. strange. I, I, 
Listen, uh, I, I said on the show that, like, cool. jokingly, that I thought the third fall would be a triple threat with Matt Riddle. And I said that this week on the show. Then a listener instantly listened in, and he tweeted us. And I'm blanking on your name, but you know who you are. He said, listen, I love your idea, but the, the third fall should be Champa inserting himself into the match. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool, but he's clearly not wrestled, not ready to wrestle. But part of me was like, oh, that could be, like, a really a really big spot there for him to, to enter the match. However... That wasn't it. And instead, we got this, like, weird weapon cage match thing. I, I, see, I'm not a fan see, of cage matches. Triple, Triple H did, like, a post-interview, like, a, some sort of conference thing. I saw Ryan Satin, yeah. like, tweet about it where he said they didn't refer to this match as a three stages of hell. Right. Because they wanted it to, like, stick out and kind of be its own thing. But it was not. But it like, was it, a three stages of hell. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, that... It, Especially, you should have just announced that it was going to be a steel cage. With crazy weapons. And it also, like, the purpose of a steel cage is keep everybody out. And, like, going into this match, seeing that cage, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the rest of Undisputed Era is going to run in. They weren't anywhere. They didn't come out at all. Yeah, some sort of fuckery. And then William Regal will go, well, aha, I knew that was going to happen. Here's a steel cage. Mm. And never. Well... They're fighting inside a cage with weapons. If yeah. you're asking what the fall is, we found out. It's a cage with weapons. Barbed wire, all that shit. <laughs> so they're going hard at each other. Fists back and forth. There's a pump kick from Adam Cole, followed by a super kick. Johnny Gargano hits a lariat. Then they both grab some lightsabers and... Ha- Sorry, yeah. some kendo sticks and have no, a lightsaber. I was shouting lightsabers at you. I was literally in his ear being like, it's a lightsaber duel, it's a lightsaber... It's Kylo Ren was I, and, and... What's Was I in name? the bathroom? Because I didn't hear Duel of the Fates start to play and lightsabers go It off. was pretty sweet. Uh, they were like just having a lightsaber duel with kendo sticks. They both hit, hit a super kick to each other and both fall down. Finally, the crowd are awake. They are loud at this point. Yes. Uh, Johnny then climbs to the top to go for the ladder. Adam Cole uh, grabs like, there's like a top off. rope hurricanrana. Yeah. Um, there's a DIY kick from Gargano. Uh, Johnny Gargano then sets a table up in the corner. Actually sets two tables up in the corner. Uh, Cole stops him with a chair. He hits a backstabber with the kendo stick wrapped around the neck Ouch. of Gargano. Look cool. Only a two count. Adam Cole then sets up the two chairs next to each other to form a kind of table. Uh, Johnny gets the fire extinguisher and blasts it in Cole's face. And hits this is crazy. the DDT from the top through the chairs to Adam Cole. This looked nasty. This looks so nasty. It looks like just two guys literally falling through two chairs. Like there was this Evolve show we watched a little while ago that was on the WWE Network where this 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 one wrestler does a suicide dive but the girl moves Shots so she yeah, there. she just flies through these chairs. It was an insane spot. This was very reminiscent but it was less chairs and it was off the top rope. It just looked like if anything tonight these guys are hurting from this spot. Yeah. <laughs> Gargano starts beating him with the kendo stick. He goes for the sledgehammer, but Cole stops him. Ah, we didn't talk about that. Papa Triple H. We want to talk (laughs) about Papa Triple H. You can say this was William Regal's doing all along, but we all know Triple H was like, hey, put the sledgehammer right, just right at the top, right in the center, right there, so everyone knows. We we get it, Johnny. Your dads are Triple H and Sean. Uh, Gargano hits a sunset powerbomb for a two-count. Gargano grabs the sledgehammer and 
Cole is at the top and just throws the ladder yeah. at Johnny Gargano. Just to like make this clear, this ladder is on top of the cage and, and Cole thrown. throws it off the top of the cage yeah. at Gargano but misses. Um, and then what was cool here was the ladder... Adam Cole's been trying throughout since the first fall to hit the Panama Sunrise. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't hit it. This time, the ladder acted as the distraction. So as soon as Gargano dodged the ladder, he hits him with the Panama City Sunrise, um, but only gets a two count, then climbs the ladder and hits it again. Off and obviously, jumping off a ladder <laughs> means it hurts way, way more. But not enough, as this is still a two-count. Johnny kick-out. Johnny kick-out, indeed. Uh, We have the last shot attempt from Adam Cole, but Gargano just dies before he even (laughs) gets to him, so he's just fainted in the ring. So then he does some real sick shit. Adam Cole, Cole, we saw this in their last two matches, where Gargano is just like, I can't even stay up to get hit by your last shot. So instead, Adam Cole... Leans him on a chair and he's like, "You're gonna stay here, you motherfucker." You're gonna stay. And then goes for it there, which is pretty nasty. And Gargano moves out the way, and Cole's knee just goes flying. He delivers into the last the shot to a chair. chair. <laughs> we should also mention the last chair. There is so many weapons on the floor, on the in the ring, on yeah. the canvas. Yeah. So when they're doing these moves and they're doing these flips and coming off the top, God bless them. You would land yeah. on a chair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, uh, Gargano then locks in the STF with the kendo stick. This is how he beat Champa in their Mm. first match. He's got the kendo stick right across the neck and the face and just yanking back. Uh, He's actually been working on Cole's knee throughout the whole match. And this is just doing extra damage to that. And the dirty Adam Cole bites his thumb. What a crook. What an evil, vile human being. How do you bite another? You should get checked. You, Adam Gargano should get checked. Adam Cole could have, like, rabies or something. Getting bit by another man does not sound fun. More Moxley influence. More Moxley influence, indeed. Gargano, as we're in Canada, this is just a destroyer. It's <laughs> the destroyer off the second rope. Yes, well, not just, yeah, it was uh, top rope destroyer. Yeah. He's going to need one of those uh, dries to quench his thirst after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I had an issue with this spot. It was so awesome. And then David? What happened? It was a two, two count. count. <laughs> um, and then Johnny Gargano finds a little bag lying in the ring, empties it, and there are brass knuckles, there are wire cutters. Jesse. We should point out at this point that the 10-year-old was very disappointed there were no thumbs. Oh, the crowd actually got really mad yeah, at this. If, yeah, if yeah. by the 10-year-old, you mean everybody? Everyone you know, else? Like, yeah, the crowd was mad there was no thumbtacks. The air was sucked out of that place, when, which, like, don't do that. Don't yeah, put... Yeah. A like, bag. Oh, the we one, know, yeah. The one thing synonymous with a bag of thumbtacks there and then have it dumped out... Because realistically, those... Wire cutters could have just been stuck in the cage. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people confused as well. This yeah. wasn't quite obvious. This is a bag of this melange of accessories. There's so there's 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 bolt cutters, cutters and brass knuckles. So he, like, wait, thumbtacks. Wait, no, that's not. What is that? What is that? Is that a? Yeah, weird. Yeah. But he cuts, he climbs it now. So yeah, he climbs the cage and cuts away at the barbed wire that he wants to wrap around. Uh, I guess the brass knuckles to try and attack. But Adam Cole climbs to the other corner and is going for that barbed wire. Um, Johnny Gargano chases him. They're both at the top fighting over this piece of barbed wire. Both of them fall through the two tables. And Adam Cole rolls over and pins Johnny Gargano. One, two, 
three and it remains your champion. Adam Cole is undisputed. He is the NXT champion. He is Adam Wrestling now. He said it. He would no longer let Johnny Wrestling use that name. Adam Cole has beat him. But from falling off the top of a cage through some tables. So I don't know. I, I, this, I believe it as a finish. The spot looked cool. My problem is uh, it's really hard not to make this look contrived. And it, yeah. it always does. The two people falling off the cage. And also I didn't really feel they let the moment breathe because suddenly you realize... I, it happened. The music here, and I didn't even realize there was a pinfall. Attempt. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I saw him. I saw him roll over, and I was like, "Okay, he's gonna kick out. He's Johnny kick out. He's got to kick out." And not just because I support him, but then he didn't kick. Guys, he didn't kick out. He didn't kick out. And then I was like, "Oh, uh, all right, cool." I didn't even get to see one last shot. Not even one shot. Yeah, MJ and I were talking about this, and we were both in the same thing. And maybe this is our fault being part of this generation but like everyone we wanted to film what we knew was going to be a crazy stunt of the guys falling through the table so we did so everything in the arena has got their cameras out their phones out Yeah. they film the, the stunt they go follow, go through the table everyone goes oh that's crazy oh everyone's yelling and then it's, the second they stop and sort of settle down it's like three and it's over like, what? <laughs> and it's like oh cool that's the and then it dawned on me oh Johnny lost yeah I, uh, I wasn't feeling Johnny that. lost and so we are talking about like, what could they do differently we just think maybe and again, this is nitpicking, I guess, but it did kind of feel awkward. Maybe they just let it breathe a little bit. Like, if Cole had rolled away a little bit of one first impact and then crawled over, a la Shawn Michaels in the first Hell in the Cell match, ah, yes. he just crawls over and just put him puts in. one hand on him, like a little, you know what. I still, I still, I still liked it, but I just thought... It, I thought I thought Gargano was going to kick out, and then we'd see like a final, like I don't know, like another destroyer, and then like a last shot to it, like really put the nail in the coffin. It protects Johnny. Though, it, they, yeah, they both yeah. just fell. Yeah, and, yeah. And then Cole well, they didn't just fell. Like, he was trying to put the barbed wire in his Which mouth was and stuff. Weird yeah, too, yeah. To be again, because this is this is how meta Johnny is. Again, once you you give into that evil, that anger, that darkness. It'll only hurt you in the end. It won't. It won't make you win. Evil's one thing, but with a sledgehammer right there, why are you <laughs> wire cutters to cut off barbed wire? Just hit him in the head with a hammer, and or you pin or like like use the pliers. Yeah, like I know pull out his nose ring or something. But this this <laughs> this strained credulity for me. Like, yeah. is that you're gonna want to fight? Yeah. The spot was breath was breathtaking. It was phenomenal. it was cool. Yeah, they were way up high. It it me probably too. came across great on television. That said, I think I'm the only Adam Cole fan in this room. I am wearing an Undisputed Era hat. Get out. He fought a better fight. All right. He all tapped right. when it was appropriate to tap so that he could preserve himself for the final That's fall. Sure, he's smart. Johnny cost himself Genius. his own fall. And at the end of the whole fight, it was Adam Cole who realized, I can roll over and get Johnny and uh, count three here. What a snake. It, Johnny didn't lose as much as I thought Adam Cole just did the little things to win. They all went all out. Now, now uh, I... I loved their first match in New York, the two out of three falls. I think it's literally one of the best matches WWE has ever put out. And I actually really loved their rematch at TakeOver 25. I think that is also one of the best matches I've ever seen. This one, I can't say I would put in the same tier of those matches. I was there live, and I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I would say the last fall is what hurt it for me. Maybe because I'm just a... Maybe I, I'm, we're kind of a similar crowd of wrestling. I'm there for the 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 wrestling match. I'm not there for the the barbed wire and the things. I'm not 12 anymore. Like I don't need to kind of do that shit. 
I'm not saying, you know, the stuff in AEW that we've been seeing, the violent stuff isn't, is not, it's not bad. I'm just saying, that's not why I watch NXT. I watch because the last time I've watched Gargano and Cole is literally because they tear it down with technical storytelling. And this one is what that lacked. It's like they wanted to please the WWE fans. It's like, oh, you're all in town for SummerSlam, eh? Okay, cool. We're doing a cage with weapons and throwing you off the top. And I thought they were quite inventive with it, though. Yeah, of course. Um, I thought they did stuff we haven't always seen, and I'm the same. I much prefer seeing a good wrestling match, yeah. but I thought with the with the toys they had, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. But I agree, I prefer their other matches. I so. talked about this with David, like, as soon as we left the arena, where it was weird that this is, and I, I think they've maybe done it once before, everybody retained. Yeah, everybody true. Everybody retained yeah, their wow, titles, yeah. so there wasn't really any surprises, and... We were all staring like at the, the entrance ramp, waiting for something big to happen right, because right. everybody retained, so the status quo has pretty much just stayed the mm. same. So, as a wrestling fan, you're kind of expecting waiting for something. Something's gonna happen. Champa. Someone's gonna yeah, Champa. Something's gonna happen. Someone's gonna come it out. It didn't happen. Undisputed Era. So came out. I believe, yeah. yeah, Undisputed Era came out, celebrated with Adam, Adam Cole. I believe that's where the broadcast ended. It faded to black mm-hmm. with a shot of Adam Cole with the Undisputed Era after NXT went off the air. Oh, by the way, Gargano did not move. He yeah. was in that spot in the tables. The rub is just laying there, and then it looks like they did cut away. And then Candice LeRae, she comes down to the ring to help her man out. She's there. She's she's helping him. He gets up. It kind of felt like it was the swan song of NXT for Johnny Takeover. Like it felt like a real goodbye. But the crowd tonight really were not super Johnny fans. They, so it was. Like, I mean, they we're conditioned. Up. We know we know the thing now. You leave the guy in the ring. Yeah. And let let them get up slowly. Let it breathe. The crowd know, okay, this is probably it. And Thank they you, give Johnny the respect. Chance. Thank you, they Johnny were, Chance. Thank you, Johnny yeah. Chance. They were respectful. So they walked up the ramp and William Regal comes out right at the like right at the gorilla, right out the front. He like hugs them, they do a goodbye, they all leave, the lights come on and say, Cool, see you for SummerSlam. So that was it. So it's like, is that the end of Johnny Gargano in NXT? Because if it is I am shook where NXT kind of goes because he's actually like the guy. Let alone, like, I don't know where. What would you do? Johnny 205? Johnny Raw? Johnny SD Johnny Live? SmackDown. There we go. Yeah, I just don't know. Well, you'll have plenty of time to talk about the future for Johnny Organo in future podcasts. But yeah. to look at the past, I think if this was his final NXT match, yeah. I think it, it is rather fitting because. It was at the last takeover in Toronto where he and Ciampa won the tag titles, which I believe was his first title win. Yep. And so for his last match to be in Toronto, too, is, is kind of nice. And he's a Toronto... He's did Smash Wrestling for years here. Yeah. He's a Toronto guy. And, you know, he did win the title. He only had it for... You know, he only won defense. Still did it. Kind of bu- yeah, still did it. He still did it, <laughs> but maybe it's it's best you remember him this way. There's something... I mean, perhaps this is differs among cultures, but there's something more... You know, romantic, but a heroic failure. Okay, so he well, tried his best and it didn't quite work. And um, you know, I was just thinking of I recently read Michael Palin's book about HMS Erebus, and he writes oh, about boy. how um, you know there's a great big statue in London of Captain Scott who got to the South Pole after Amundsen and then died coming back. Okay, and he's like, there's no statue for Amundsen. Oh, so it's you know, 
There's something about the heroic failure that okay. speaks to us, and Johnny embodies that. Okay, because watching the takeover... Nice analogy there, Jesse. You're very intelligent. Um, like, that's legit. I'm not fucking with you. Um, there was the NXT Prime Target thing, and in that, Gargano's video was... Uh, I'm sticking with NXT, I'm not leaving and all this stuff, even though it looked like he was leaving tonight. And he said that this match is going to solidify me as Mr. Takeover. As when you think of NXT, you're not thinking of your Finn Balors or your Shinsuke's. You're going to think of Johnny Gargano. And dude, I was, I'm already thinking... I, I don't want to go to a takeover without Johnny no, Gargano. I was on. I actually got a bit emotional. Yeah, I got a bit I'm like, what up. are we going to do? I mean, do now? I think the fact that he's my best friend now as well <laughs> has part part to do with that. But I was sad because I think whereas when Nakamura moved, okay, he's kind of like nothing on the main roster. But when he moved up, I thought that was there was hope that he'd be a pretty big deal. You're right on the main roster. Yeah. I'm just sad because I, I don't think I'm going to see these incredible Johnny maybe, wrestling maybe matches again. Maybe I only... so hope I'm wrong because, but he's my favorite wrestler, and I feel him leaving NXT. I'm just being robbed of seeing him 100%. put on incredible quality matches. It's yeah. emotional in the sense that for what is it? We going on three years, 2016 when he was around. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's emotional in the sense that I even go before that the CWC with sure. Shad Chomper. Yeah, yeah. You had the Dusty Classic. This was more than somebody not winning the title, coming up short in that kind of match, but given the send-off vibe, and it felt mm. very definitive, it's at the end of a, a chapter of NXT that... It's standalone. Yeah. It is as good as anything in wrestling over the last five to ten years. 100%. When you look at that Johnny wrestling storyline, disappointing we never got the match with Ciampa, the, the kind of the blow-off to that whole feud. Could still happen. It could still happen, and I hope it does. Um... And then circle back to the Undisputed Era, they didn't fulfill the prophecy. Not yet. Which, going off the air, I kept thinking, boy, it would have been something if Johnny's lined in the ring. Mm -hmm. You're getting the sense that maybe this is it for Johnny, but that's kind of the focus, is these guys all have the titles. Sure, but they they didn't even do that, yeah. So it did feel like at the end, there was no post-angle, there was no But it's a year prophecy, so it makes sense to pay that off at the end of the year. Yeah, just just speaking towards when it went off the year. Sure. I think we mentioned Mm -hmm. it felt a little flat, we were waiting for something, and Mm -hmm. I think all these factors contribute to it, and it was emotional. I am am sad to see if if he's going. I I, I just think that... uh, he did what he said he was going to do. When I think of NXT now, I'm always going to be like, yeah, yeah, that was great. But remember when Johnny and Gargano, uh, Gargano and almost did it. Remember when Gargano and Cole tore it up? Like nothing's going to Gargano and Black. Like, yeah, like literally every Gargano match, literally every Gargano match name a bad one. This may have been one of my least favorite Gargano matches, but dude, this match was better than most matches you will watch in wrestling these days. Like it's, that's, What's true about it? It's crazy. Okay, Scrum, one more thing, and then let's go to feedback. Yeah, well, I think we've almost gone as long as the show itself. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So really quickly, we talk about how Gargano is like an excellent storyteller. Uh, I don't think that this is the last we've seen of him. I think that's just another story that he's playing. You know, you. I'm staring at an Avengers poster right now, and Avengers Endgame was sort of this like similar story where the heroes know what they have to do, and they swear. You know, they. They learned last time, hmm. and this they know what they have to do to overcome the odds this time. So we're just waiting and, for the and, reboot. And they don't. They don't do it. You know, that movie ends with everyone just going, what the, f- what just happened? And I think Johnny is smart to, like, those videos, the video, the the Target ones made it seem like Johnny is walking out. 
champion. That's gonna, he's going to walk out champion, and he didn't. So I very much think there is still that redemption story. I don't think they'll tell it right away. They still have three or so months until the next pay-per-view. So it'll. I'm, I don't think he's leaving, but I'm definitely much like interested to see... Uh, I read ahead. So I'm interested to see <laughs> what happens at the next set of tapings because there is the possibility he just shows up on SmackDown and is another guy. I just can't imagine NXT without Johnny Gargano. What am I going to do Wednesdays? Guys, like, like he's literally one of my favorite wrestlers. Not, and this is just me as a, as a huge fan of wrestling. Like, he definitely is one of the best guys. And I just hope he doesn't leave because now I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> I'll present this question to Davian Braden. Would you do a takeover without Johnny and kind of prolong his eventual return to NXT, we just don't see him for a bit. Sure. I mean, if that's what we got to do, that we got to do. He's definitely going to go away for a little while, regardless of what happens. I, do, uh, we're recording this Saturday night, literally after TakeOver. By the time someone's listening to this, he could have shown up on Raw. He could show up on SmackDown. He could show up on 205. I'd rather him disappear yeah. than show up on Raw tomorrow, or yeah. sorry, on Monday, and not have a plan. Yeah. Um, like so many guys do. Yeah, anyway, we we're plan. heading over to the forum. Uh, Way posted it today and put up a, a rating. So let's go around the circle. Uh, out of 10, Scrump, what would you have given this? Takeover? Uh, I'll give it a five. Wow, okay. The, oh. the, the, one, the one thing that stood out the most was uh, EO Candice and the like disappointment in the prophecy not being fulfilled. You mentioned <laughs> they, still have, they still have the year. I just... I really wish it would have happened now, as I feel like it could have injected some new, like new blood into NXT, where it, it's kind of been lacking. You like it could still happen. It could still happen. It's going to happen. Okay, MJ. It's going to happen on a takeover scale. I give it a five. On a typical show scale, I give it a six and a half. And I'm going to say the forums at seven because I think people just love NXT, and what's not to love? We're saying that this show was. Lackluster I mean, we're definitely judging it based on previous, Other previous NXT. You is, put yeah. this on the main roster, you'd yeah. be, which, wow, that was which a really let, good Let's not, you know, it, this this NXT show is still better than most WWE pay-per-views that get put on. And it's not like a knock on the talent. It's just, this was better paced, better, like, it, yeah. it, you know, so it's if it seems like we're being hard on it, it's just because every other NXT show is so much. Amazing, so crazy, good. steals yeah. your, yeah. Jesse. Seven. Okay, and I, I would give this show a seven out of ten. I gave it a six. The board agree with Jesse and Braden. They gave it seven point one nine. Whoa! Uh, my voice is crapping out. I got so it. Braden, you go first. Forum.postwrestling. We post up your feedback. You can put comments or questions. We'll read them right here, right now. Brandon from Oshawa. In my opinion, this was easily the worst takeover in history. Don't get me wrong, it was a decent show, but in comparison with other takeovers, didn't hit the mark for me. Terrible women's match, an alright triple threat, and I didn't think it clicked well. Solid tag match, but no one was on the level of the four, the past tag matches. The main event was all over the place, not great, but not bad. EO Candice was the highlight of the show. He says that the fact only one member of Undisputed Era walked out with the gold gives this show a fail for me. Uh, it should be it should have been either all of them or none of them, and then move them up to the main roster so they can murder Roman, <laughs> which is very weird. You want me to read the second one? Uh, I've got one uh, from Mike Hogan, a friend of the show, uh, who says, Hi, Davey and Brandon. Okay, well, we're not reading the rest <laughs> of it. Uh, Hope you had a great day and night. Gutted I couldn't be there. Another good takeover, but maybe slightly underwhelming. It might be because we 
actually been spoilt with so much great stuff in the G1, but it felt a bit flat. Everyone retaining with no takeover until, sorry, everyone retaining with no takeover until November doesn't give me hope for a lot of freshness. But with Gargano seemingly moving up and a possible FS1 deal being announced, who knows what's happening with the brand. Definitely a good show, but not at the heights of previous takeovers. Candice EO, match of the night for me. Love how the crowd got into it over time. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, mates. Love you really, Brady. Mike Hogan, age 28, from England. So I guess people like are kind of agreeing with us on the, the main thing. Uh, I'll, re- I'll read all the, the, the next one here. Uh, Bolo from Southampton, UK. Another UK. Uh, overall, good show, but it didn't quite reach the height of recent takeovers. The end of the first fall in the title match was good, but presented strangely. And the double table bump for the finish looked a bit forced. The best match for me was the Dark Side EO versus Candice. Also, was production a bit more grand this takeover, especially... The entrances makes you wonder if they are gearing up NXT for the network. Which, I actually didn't yeah, think it no, was as big no, as I previous. Think that, yeah. You think of some of Nakamura's entrances yeah. and Finn Balor's. No, I didn't soft. think this was on yeah. level. Do any of you have the forum open? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to... I'll go next. Jalen from Pickering was there live and Mama Mia was more over than Mia Yim. Sorry, Mamma Mia was more over than Mia Yim, which was very true. The Mamma Mia chants. We we watched some clips, uh, and there was a Mamma and Mia from Morrow tonight. I'm sure you all heard. Uh, fantastic. All in all, good show, but I did feel that there was a general lack of good stories going into the show, and most of the matches got over just because it was NXT wrestlers on a takeover. It was nice to see the championship Raptors get some love from fellow champs in the Prophets and Dream, and Dream and Montez Ford really, Montez Ford really stood out as stars on this show. He's also very over the this is awesome and fight forever chance and Cole and Gargano matches are where finishers go to die and where knee injuries get no sold maybe this is a hot take but I prefer the first Toronto show over this one 8 out of 10 Wow, that's. I mean, your 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 feedback was kind of all over the place mm-hmm. here, Jalen, because you're saying you didn't like it, and then you liked it, and then gave it an eight out of ten. What did you give the first takeover in Toronto? I want to. I wonder. Um, uh, MJ, I think you got it up. Yeah, Jamie from Royal Royal Lemmington, Lemmington Spa. Spa. He's from the Spa. Weird. Weakest takeover in quite some time. Not that it was a bad show, but pretty average, and I think very little will remain in the memory bar. EO and Candice. Maybe watching the entire G1 has spoiled me, and my standards are just way too high. That, that's a good point. It, it is G1 season, so we do have standards now. To me, the issues largely lie with the final two matches. Shayna and Mia seem to really not gel with each other, and I'm just waiting for Shayna to run to end, or for her to find an additional gear to her style. She has a formula, she does it well, but I'd like something different now and then. That he, he continues on with a whole novel here. So let's go to the next one here. Go first. Uh, next, we have Ari from Montreal, who we met at the, the live show. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was there. Shout yeah, shout out Ari, Thanks, who Ari. also, as soon as the show finished, walked right by uh, Jesse and myself and said, holy shit, what a show. Nice. Yeah, so shout out Ari. Um, but he says, first off, the tailgate, tailgate was a great appetizer for the main course. Thank you, Davey and Braden, for an, for an awesome event. The show itself, for me personally, was amazing. It was my first experience at an NXT event, and both my brother and I had a blast. The triple threat was something else, and man, I've never seen a cage match like that. It was a real treat. I've never heard people be so pissed for the tease of thumbtacks and not get <laughs> so we weren't yeah. the only ones, us and the 10-year-old. Yeah. Uh, great to meet fellow postmarks and overall great show, and pretty random, but I did not expect John Pollock to be so tall. <laughs> Ari, that wasn't John. That was Jesse from the Six. I see the similarities. Uh, he says, question. Do you guys uh, 
somehow see a War Games match involving Street Profits and Dream versus Undisputed Era for all the gold. All and, the gold. And that's actually something we touched upon when mm. we were like walking Doing a home. Show, yeah, like, we were like, yeah, let's do War Games, but all the gold on the line. Okay, we go to Mechleth. Takeover was epic. Eon and Candice had one epic match that delivered big time. I loved the NXT Championship match that stepped things up and felt better than their last match. Look forward to rewatching this with Soulfly later in the week. And Dave, you owe me a first time, long time. It always... Oh, I owe you a first time, long time. Okay. First time, long time. First time, long time. Even, you may, no, he's yeah. not a first. You might not be. Uh, someone someone did say it to us as we were leaving the yeah. venue. Yeah. This guy was sitting like off to us in the front and didn't talk to us the entire show. And literally, as we're leaving, he goes... Hey guys, by the way, I love the show. First time, long time. I was like, what? You, you knew we were sitting behind you and you didn't say hi. Uh, I don't know who you are, but thank you for listening. Uh, let's go to Mystery. EO versus Candice was the big match of the night for me. Probably the best match on the card. And since you guys likely haven't seen it, Triple H mentioned he was almost completely speechless during the match on the post-show interview. He went on to tease another Shayna EO match as a result of EO's victory tonight. Okay. It would be weird, but on the other hand, I think it would be absolutely amazing to see EO force Shayna to tap, snap, or nap. And I don't know how it came across TV, but on uh, I don't know how it came across live. Sorry, but on TV, the Yim Baszler match was heart- heatless. I think you would get more noise from a corpse in a graveyard. Damn, that is cold blood. Shout out graveyards. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna like. We were there live. It was quiet. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go for it. Who's next? I got evil. Evil. Evil was there live tonight. He says. He's only been to two shows in his life, including this one, so he was really missing the commentary, but still loved most of the card. I was really excited for the EO Candice match, and it totally delivered. I was already not on the Mia Yim bus, and I'm definitely letting it go. The whole match was dead for me. The final match was good, but I felt like a lot of drama was gone from the match once each of the other members lost, because Adam Cole would have to win. I don't quite understand that. Also, couldn't bite on any near falls when you know someone has to go through a tail before the finish. That's true. Still a great time, though. Yeah, I could. I, I, I always, I always see that. If you, if the table is set up, what do you call it? Chekhov's gun. Yeah, like you know, someone's got to do it, and then if you don't, it's like when you grab a bag and act like there's thumbtacks in it, but there's not. <laughs> you want to do one there? Go, go, MJ. I got one. Malachi, pretty decent show. The prophecy ending so quickly was a bit of a bummer. Tag match didn't quite live up to the potential I thought it should. Second match, though, oh, God, did those ladies deliver? Match of the night. Can we all just agree that Shirai has the best theme going? Oh, my God, does she? You we, can't even find no, it on YouTube. Agreed. I can't no, even I find the agree. I can't even find the actual version. you can't, You got to find, like, someone recorded it at Full Sail, and I'm, like, I, I'm bumping it, and you hear, like, kids sneezing in the background. Yeah, he has some comments about the Dunn match and the Riddle. I'm assuming I wasn't the only one that seen Matt Riddle during Yim's entrance. Speaking of Riddle, the impromptu fight. <laughs> was pretty fun. Rip Officer Man Bun. <laughs> Jobber Cop Man Bun. Finally, Organo 3 was an absolute clusterfuck of a match for all the right reasons. Just nonstop madness. Only complaint is the second fall went way too long. Johnny should have beat him down and pinned him so they could spend the rest of the time in the Moxley Madhouse. Also, yes. I would have lost my mind if one of the weapons ended up being a broken crutch. Right, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, we didn't get good, the broken crutch from Gargano. Uh, let's go to one last one here. Harry from Houston. As far as takeovers go, this was weak in my opinion. None of the matches except the main event hit the level I was expecting. The tag match was just kind of there. The EO Candice match didn't leave much of an impression on me other than EO's over-the-top facial expressions. The triple threat was a disappointment for the level I expect for those three. And the women's title match was probably better than the other women's match but still a bit underwhelming. The main event was very good, but the worst 
but the worst of the Gargano Cole matches and probably the worst Gargano main event. I hope you guys had a good time regardless, but yeah, this show was just not a highlight for me. Man, do people hate this show or what? <laughs> Uh, no, I actually, uh, like, I don't like to, to be negative, but sometimes I have to be. And I, I still enjoyed this, this show I enjoyed, quite fun. Apart yeah. of, I, I did not enjoy the, the medium Shayna Baszler match. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the show was great. Yeah. We're just really spoiled when it comes to these takeovers. I think that's it. We're just like, we've seen the craziest things come out of these shows. And then maybe we're just like, oh, this is just okay. It was very similar to, like, the last roundtable we did where... The one week match on the card was Walter versus Pete Dunne, and people say that's their match of the and year was, this year. It yeah. was still a very good match. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like Davey said, we're we're spoiled. Yeah, we're spoiled brats, to be honest. This yeah. is the first time that I'm done watching a takeover, and I'm actually curious if I'll find that the main card show. So in this case, it'll be SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious if that one actually steals the weekend for, or it's just what I prefer this weekend. Uh, yeah. Usually, that's never the case. Con- convinced by Saturday night that no, nothing's time. <laughs> But we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I still enjoy the show. I'm still looking forward to, to NXT, especially with all the talks of this FS1 deal. If this changes NXT entirely, maybe that's why the, all these things happen for a specific reason. Because maybe they have to build it up again for a complete TV show. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I still enjoyed the show. Uh, what was the uh, match of the night for everyone? Can we agree that it was Io Shirai and Candice LeRae? Or would you say the main event really did it for you? Because I don't think any of the others really Eo stole Candace. the show. Yeah, what do you guys oh, think? Eo, Eo, oh, we oh, 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 We really tried to get that chant going and no one really... I guess we're just... We're, we're, we're our own little clique where we thought oh, we oh, oh. Unless unless a chant goes wah, 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 no one's interested. Yeah, these, um, these North American um, fans, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Eo I, Candice for me as well. Um, I, I really enjoy that. And I'm actually just looking forward to more of Eo Shirai. She should just do... She should just be... The takeover of just Eo Shirai. And Candice. Yeah, and Candice. Really you know what? Yeah, something. yeah. damn it, you're right. Uh, I, I, I do agree. Um, so that is our takeover Toronto 2 review. But a, a shout out to anyone who came to our takeover tailgate in Toronto at Wide Open earlier today. It was fantastic. Everyone who showed up, you guys were so amazing. Uh, I've met... I, I Hopefully I got to say hi to you. Um, if you if you didn't say hi to me, we'll hi to you now because you guys are amazing. And it, we got so many messages on like Twitter and stuff from people like literally all over the world who were like, hey, I can't come to your takeover tailgate, but I want to be there in spirit. And and, and I know you guys were. So thank you so much for anyone who uh, listens to the show and listens and supports us all the time. Uh, I honestly appreciate it so much. And and again, a big shout out to my co-host, Davey, because he like put this, we had this silly idea like literally a year ago. When they announced SummerSlam, yeah. we, we were at probably at Wide Open having a drink and we said, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a tailgate before NXT? And fast fast forward, we literally did it, and I thought we had a lot of fun. I just wanted people to have fun, and honestly, I think that's 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 what people did. A lot of people were just like, "Hey, we we just came here to drink some wrestling themed drinks and watch some wrestling and listen to wrestling themes, and we just had a lot of fun." So hopefully, we get to do this again down the line. So again, thanks for anyone who supports this show. Go uh, review us on any podcast app you download. Go give us a five star rating. Go review us. Go say nice things. You can also. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash up next if you want to support us. Support yourself and buy a t-shirt because we got some cool ones there. Um, and you can follow us on our socials. Uh, I am at the D on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I guess we should promote everyone's social medias here since we have a whole roundtable scrump. Where well, can they find you? Before we get to that, you briefly touched upon it. All the people we met. 
we were there with Brandon from New Jersey. Oh yeah, we were there. I forgot with him. about him. Super nice guy. I don't know if we're <laughs> killing his gimmick. He is a sweetheart of a man. But you can find me at uh, PWTcast. I just started up yes. uh, my own podcast. Right. You know, I've talked with some some of the post family. Yes. Uh, and we hope to have Brendan Fraser on soon. <laughs> but that is uh, at PWTcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Excellent. And what about you, MJ? Do you got anything to promote? Uh, You're, now I'm going to take the moment to promote the Post Wrestling Forum, where I'm quite active. Oh, I thought it was a great showing by the community today. I yeah, to exactly. Um, it's so, so weird. Uh, wrestling just bring, internet brings weird. Like I wouldn't be friends with any of these people if it wasn't for the internet. We're so, going to have a second year of the Post Wrestling Fantasy Football League. Wow, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, Jesse, where can the f- people find you? The uh, rebranded. Oh, that's right, yeah. What's your, your socials? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, Jesse from the Six. Excellent. Uh, just punch, you'll find it. Yeah, it's you'll easy. find it. And, and I am at Davey Portman. So, again, thank you so much for listening. You can listen to us uh, review NXT every Thursday on the Post Wrestling Network. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back this week with the NXT, uh, the Up Next Hangover Show. Who knows what we'll talk about, because I don't know. But thank you so much for listening. Goodbye, and be safe. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.